reviews for the X-Men books, though. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of good chatter about those. The, yeah, the new, all the new Hitch stuff. Well, I know... Not, uh, hit, uh, Hickman. House of... Yeah, Hickman. I know House of Ten came out this week. The House of Ten? Isn't House, the House of X? The reviews are all saying that it should be pronounced as a Roman numeral, and it is therefore House of Ten mm, okay. and Power of Ten. So there's something going on. There's something to do with the story that's going on there. I'm not exactly sure what it is. Fair enough. Um, but Power of Ten, I think, like, so the Wolverine book is next. All right, that's Weapon. I don't think he was in. Ten. Or Power of Ten. So he's he's in, Wolverine's, the I think, the lead in the other X-Men book, whereas this, like the one that came out this week, House of Ten, I guess, House of X, is more like Magneto, Professor Xavier Scott, like, on Krakoa, like the new Genosha kind of idea that they're using there. Okay. Um. So I think the other team's more like the on in America Earth like Strike Force team because Wolverine's on. I'm assuming I don't know. I don't know what how the teams are divvying up properly. I didn't really look yeah. that closely at it. I was uh, the last time I talked to anybody about it. I was like, I'm gonna wait probably three months before I start yeah, reading any so of you've it. Got a good chunk of it. So to there's get at into. least a little bit there. Yeah. So I've got some like meat there to kind of get into and not just be like, oh yay, first issue teases. This tells me nothing. Yeah. Great. So I figured. Fair enough. It's easier to do it that way. Well, that wasn't really nerdy <laughs> if we do that as preamble. I think we so, can. There it is. I think we can use it. It's going to be a nerdy yeah, episode, so like we may as well just like lean into how much nerdiness we're going to get into this week. So More so than usual. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So we'll just welcome everybody back to Dance Robot Dance. This is episode 157. I'm Mark, and I'm here with Tim from Atlanta. Say hello. Hi, everybody. As is tradition, we've temporarily lost a host, so Tim and I are going to do some DC Comics <laughs> bullshit this week. So, Not at my suggestion, by the way. No, no, not at all. But like, <laughs> Tim has never read Hush, and there is a Hush animated movie that literally came out this week, so I thought it would be a good opportunity to get Tim to read some goddamn Batman. And uh, <laughs> he's never, like, like I said, Tim has never read hey, Hush. I read all the current fucking Batman. Yeah, it's true. I just haven't read any of like the 90s, 2000s. No, I have, I've read 2000s. I started reading Batman like 2005, so like two years after. So like Morrison times, right? Like that's around when Morrison took over, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah Batman R.I.P. Oh, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, so yeah, we're back to like Jeff Loeb, Jim Lee, Hush Madness this week. So it should be an interesting one, but we've got, there's a mountain of fucking news to get through. So like, let's let's discuss. Sure is. So first of all, sad sad news, uh, Blade Runner's Rucker Hauer, also Batman Begins Rucker Hauer, passed away this week at... Um, 75. 75, yeah, 75. Yeah, I think brief bout with cancer, I believe. Uh, no, I don't know if we know what it was, but a brief illness anyways. Yeah, he was sick. Yeah. I remember he- hearing he was sick, but like nothing ever really came of it after that, but it doesn't say anything about it. So. Definitely made his mark on, on sci-fi and genre oh, yeah. films in particular. I mean, uh, as Roy Batty and Blade Runner having one of, if not the best uh, sort of villain death speeches for sure is very memorable. So that being said, you know, he was an older dude. So there's that. It's just sad because, you know, Blade Runner is awesome. We do spend a lot of time yeah. talking about fucking Blade Runner on this podcast. So. We do. <laughs> <laughs> I figured it should be brought up. Uh, also Batman. He was in Batman yeah. Begins. So there was that. Anyway, so we'll move along from there. So first things first, like, I don't know how you want to do this, but I'm just, I Marvel isn't letting go of your fucking life anytime soon. It's basically how I want to preface <laughs> this whole section yeah so uh <laughs> let's just get into it so i've had the list here from the this is basically the list that reddit gave me at the top like during the rundown like during the conference the, like, live screen yeah. kind of thing so or, we'll yeah. just read these headlines because like craziness so first thor 4 is confirmed <laughs> 
with Natalie Portman to co-star as Jane Foster Thor. Yeah. So that's crazy. And the internet has been lukewarm on it. <sighs> lukewarm on it, but also predictably shitty on it for sexist reasons. But there's also, I think, legitimate criticism there because she definitely did not really was not super excited about doing that role, particularly in the second Thor movie. Yeah. So if she, you know, if she uh, is really excited by the script and by having Taika directing and shit like that, then could be great. But I am apprehensive, let's say. I just hope it mean, doesn't mean that Valkyrie will take a side, like more of a side role or continue side role. I was hoping she'd be more prominent in the sequel. Yeah. That doesn't sound like that might yeah. be a thing that'll happen. So that's unfortunate. We'll just keep rolling. We're going to have to roll through because, man, these fucking Marvel, there's just so much Marvel <laughs> news. It was crazy. So Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they showed their season six premiere trailer and they were starting season six and they confirmed that it will end not this year, but after a season seven happens. I think that was like, is that the extent of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. news? Because I don't really know anything about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think that one, I think we might have mentioned that last week. But yes, well, they're already like halfway through, maybe not halfway through, but a good chunk of the way through season six. And yes, they have announced that season seven will be the final season, which... Good. Okay. Yeah, good. Fine. Perfect. <laughs> I've watched through season five. I have not started watching season six yet, but it is, it's on a downward trajectory, unfortunately, oh. at the by the end of season five. That's too bad. Okay, so we'll just like now we're getting to the movie announcements. So the Eternals has been confirmed for November 2020, directed by Chloe Zhao. The Eternals cast is fucking batshit insane. Richard Patton, Kamel Nanjiani, Lauren Midloff, Brian Tyree Henry. No, sorry, Brian Tyree Henry, Selma Hayek, Leah McHugh, Don Lee, and Angelina Friggin Jolie is in this movie as well. So it yep. <laughs> is not their like new phase Guardians, like where they just have like the crazy yeah. comedy kind of like guardians-esque kind of build i don't know what they're doing with this movie because that's what it reads like to me it's just like we're trying to recapture that guardians magic and do that yeah absolutely and have jolie come in as like the drax straight man kind of thing oh i would just she'd be great at that she'd be perfect for that yeah i love it yeah (laughs) just like casting fucking shade on everybody yeah man i'd be i would yeah i mean i'm gonna we're all gonna be there regardless because it's got marvel like the marvel logo in front of it but (laughs) i mean that just that makes me excited for this movie yeah New Falcon and Winter Soldier logo. They've confirmed the release date will be fall 2020 along with Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Shang-Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings confirmed for February 2021. Simu Liu. I, don't, I hate pronouncing these names because I do not know how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Simu Liu as Shang-Chi. Uh, Tony Leung as Mandarin. And that reads like Aquafina, I think. Is yeah. in the movie too? Yeah, Aquafina, okay. who's been in, she's in Crazy Rich Age- Asians. And oh, okay, yes. The the Farewell, which is out right now, which is getting a lot of props. But yeah, she's, uh, and she's also a rapper. Oh, okay. But, well, I mean, it would make sense given the name, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, uh, Sumi Lu, I mean, that one is kind of a cool pull because he is Canadian. He is from yeah. the greater Toronto area, fucking Mississauga. Whoever thought that you'd have somebody from fucking mississauga in the uh, it's like up the street from me man yeah. like <laughs> uh, right up the street from me fucking leading an mcu movie so awesome hey, you never know i mean ryan gosling's from cornwall you know so like shit happens yes this is true there's that wandavision released spring 2021 with monica rambo in it played by tayona paris mm-hmm. so that's cool monica rambo is the next wave character that paul and i love so that's why we're excited about that little tidbit in particular mm-hmm 
Same time, spring 2021, Loki will release. Obviously, Tim Tom Hiddleston returning as Loki. Yep, and they confirmed that it is going to be the version of Loki that disappears with the Tesseract at, during the endgame time travel shenanigans. The most Reddit karma I ever earned was typing that little message into one of the big mega threads. Was like that people were like, "What happened to that Loki?" I'm like, "That's your Disney Plus show," and I'm like, "Plus 500 fucking <laughs> karma on that comment." Because yeah. everybody's like, "Oh man, you guessed it. You just ruined it." I'm like, "That's that's why that's, they did yeah, that so that exactly. you would know what the show was for." <laughs> like that's the setup of the show. All right, fair. <laughs> so my most exciting news for like a sequel: Doctor Strange in, in the Multiverse of Madness. Scott Derrickson returns as director. Also includes. Elizabeth Olsen as Scarlet Witch. Yes. So like just mashing all that magic users together. Good fucking pull. I'm t- I'm all aboard for that. And marketed as like a horror movie as well, pretty much. So yes. or at least an MCU take on a horror movie. So sounds pretty fucking cool. Okay. And and what I I'll take and what it. I I mean we said WandaVision is also spring twenty twenty one, right? So I'm just trying to think of like the timing on this it would make sense I think maybe wanda leads in i think WandaVision. wanda leads into dr yeah. strange from what i understand. that would make sense yeah. like maybe you introduce some crazy multiverse shit or like some alternate universe shit which is where she gets vision back from uh in the wandavision yeah. series and then like she you know acts as a lead in strange finds her because yeah, exactly. of that or, or something yeah, like that. Or she yeah. she shows up on strange's radar because of that and she you know She's so desperate to get Vision back that she starts like fucking with uh, other universes, and then that opens some doorways, and then Strange has to come fucking save the day. I'm in. I'll take it. It sounds like it's yeah. gonna be fun, and especially they're gonna do like Doctor Strange in like a really kind of creepy horror, cosmic horror kind of yeah. way, like really lean into that side of it. Perfect, because that's exactly what that character needs to differentiate himself from like everybody calling him Iron Man Part yeah. Two kind of thing like or magic iron man or whatever they were calling him after that movie yeah. came out i mean even i called him that because the fucking plot was the same yeah. so either way so the next thing was the one that really got me surprised was the what if where they're basically taking tv episode versions of what if scenarios out of these movies with the movie cast reshooting scenes and stuff like that and i was like that had already been announced though they'd announced it but like the detail they went into where they showed who was going to yeah. be in it was like holy shit everybody's back and doing like the roles they were in and they're shooting what ifs this is total like Marvel deep cuts. Like what if is one of those Marvel series that was from the seventies, sixties and seventies that like people loved and they, because it was just fucking weird all the time. Yeah. So I'm excited to have Jeffrey Wright playing like yes. the watcher. That's really fucking cool. Yes. That is, that was the last little bit of news that was attached to it. So that's cool. So they're actually going to be using that as a framing device. That's animated though. Correct. I don't know how that works. Exactly. I, I thought I'd read somewhere it was animated, but maybe, it, maybe one of our listeners can correct us on that. If I'm wrong, I'd have to go look it up. Yes, the animated What If series will premiere summer 2021. Oh, is yeah. it What If? Okay, so it's animated? With Jeffrey Wright as Uatu. That's cool. Still, even then, but the voice cast has got all those guys. Yeah, exactly. Just getting them back for, yeah, will be really cool. And I'm sure it'll be like, you know, not, not a kiddie oh, animated series kind of thing. Yeah. Well, no, if it's supposed to be in continuity, right? Or like work yeah. around the continuity, then sure. Like it should be more mm-hmm. normal or whatever. So the next thing that was on the announced, Hawkeye which is a new announcement, fall 2021, with Kate Bishop. So which means it sounds like they're kind of leaning into the fraction angle mm-hmm. of wandering vagabond Avenger uh, Hawkeye. So that's yeah. kind of cool. The thing was, yeah, okay, so Thor Love and Thunder, Thor 4, November 5th, 2021, Natalie Portman is mm-hmm. Jane Foster Thor. The next one, Avengers Endgame is now officially the highest grossing movie of all time. So they announced that during the thing. Which is cool. So it did beat. It overtook Avatar finally. Yeah, my favorite was like every, afterwards on Reddit, everybody being like, "Yeah, just in time for Avatar two to come out and beat it." I'm like, <laughs> who literally believes that yeah. that's impossible for those movies to do? 
okay, you believe you live in that bubble where you think that's yeah. going to happen. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. It's not going <laughs> to happen. There's no fucking way. Yeah. They'll make money, but like not as much money as people are thinking they're going to make, I don't think. Yeah. It didn't have that kind of competition when the first Avatar movie came out. And that's one yeah. of the reasons why it made so much fucking money. Also, cultural impact, like basically null, like just yeah. nil cultural impact. So, like, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, that's one of those ones. I'm I'm very happy that Avengers Avengers earned this highest grossing of all time after whatever twenty two movies and stuff. So I'm kind of happy yeah. it's it's with I mean it's all with yeah. Disney, so it gives a shit. But like yeah, and James Cameron gave you know gave a nod to the Russos for overtaking and everything. And yeah, I did have a thought about like how much winning the cast of Community has done since that show. <laughs> like we all bitched and moaned about how that show deserved so much better, but everybody involved with that show except for Dan Harmon and Chevy Chase have come out way ahead. I mean Dan Harmon in the end game of that. Yeah, Dan, Dan Harmon. He's, yeah, he's, he's getting. Well, that's paid. right. He's got Rick and yeah, Morty. He's getting fucking paid like crazy for Rick and Morty. So everybody came out ahead, yeah. except for Chevy Chase at the end of fucking <laughs> Community. Chevy Chase was already yeah. on the downswing, anyways. He had his fucking prime years yeah. already. But like everybody else is working constantly. Allison Breeze and tons of shit. Donald's always fucking working. Danny Pudi's oh, yeah, going to be in. Lovers doing fucking crazy shit. Danny Pudi's going to be in that uh, new Always Sunny series, like the, from the guys of Always like that Always Sunny are doing yeah. that IT one. So like they're all crazy but then like the russo brothers specifically like yeah they're now the highest grossing directors of all time like ha Mm -hmm. so good for them next one black widow may 1st 2020 directed by kate shortland cast scarlett johansson david harbour which is interesting florence Pugh, yeah ot oh jesus fag benel i don't know that i don't know at all (laughs) anyway it's O-T-F-A-G-B-E-N-L-E. i have no idea how to pronounce that and rachel vice is in there and it's gonna be taskmaster will be the villain Sounds awesome. Um, that's the prequel, though, right? It's like that's they're not. It's gotta be, I guess, unless they're doing uh, alternate universe shit with that too. Yeah, you never know. I mean, they've got another. We've got a new Loki, and we've got a new Gamora. So you just yep. throw in another uh, Black Widow. Anyway, the right. Yeah, they just announced a bunch of sequels, except for one. So Black Panther two is confirmed. Guardians of the Galaxy three confirmed. Captain Marvel two confirmed, and then also Fantastic Four are all confirmed. So for some point in the some future. point in the future after 2021, yes. And there's something a note here about them saying mentioning mutants as well. Like you might start seeing mutant characters popping up in other movies, which is mm-hmm. basically what we kind of speculated they would start doing with those characters. You know, they're going to have a flashback to the Winter Soldier dealing with Wolverine at some point if they're going to start launching that stuff, right? So yeah, that show is probably going to start being a mutant launching point too. Other than that, last thing they announced. Fucking Blade is back. <laughs> Marishal Ali has been cast as Blade. I'm sure Wesley Snipes is pissed off somewhere, but the rest of the world is like, fuck yet. No, Wesley Snipes. So a lot of people, a lot of people were pissed off because like they want Wesley Snipes to come back and do it, but that's never going to happen at this no, point. No way. Uh, and so Wesley Snipes like posted something saying like, you know, this is just the business, you know, I wish him all the best, you know, all, all the luck in the world, you know, in this movie. But what I love is the story about how this happened. Like basically Marishala went to Kevin Feige and was like, I want to play Blade. And Kevin Feige was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear that. I didn't hear yeah. that story. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll take, I mean, yeah. Marishala Ali walks into your office and is like, hey, I was in Luke Cage already in your double thing, yeah. but <laughs> I really want to play Blade. I'd be like, fuck Luke Cage. Sorry, that show. I don't care anymore. Your blade, yeah. sure, absolutely. <laughs> so that's that's fucking exciting. So I'm yeah. pretty uh, I'm pretty stoked that Blade's back too. That's uh, one of those Indeed. characters I've I've liked like since those movies. Those I owe a lot to those movies, but 
that was a character I followed around for a couple of years afterwards because they started putting him in comics. And mm-hmm. I mean, a good vampire hunter in the MCU, that's something I will probably read a couple of times or at least check out. Yeah. So either way, uh, Marvel basically owns your life for the, ne- the next three <laughs> years still. Yeah. Seven movies in 2021. That is yeah. that's wow. a lot. I, and like, we will be at all of them. We will be, but not everybody's going to be like, they're going to get to the point where they're going to start hitting diminishing returns. And I like, I would be real surprised if that was not like the peak number of movies that we see from them in a year's time. Absolutely. Or like, even if some of these sort of start getting pushed back as they start to see like, Oh wait, we can't put out a movie every two months because you know, we're stepping on the toes of the previous one. And so maybe Thor four is now summer. 2022 or something like that instead yeah and like uh, the best part about this is it's not like there's a big event in any Mm -hmm. of those movies so like i don't feel i think they could pull off seven i think they were really starting to like push too hard at that point like that's too many movies i mean i'm all for it especially with all the disney plus series too yeah Yeah. but i don't know i'm 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 plus they've they've basically guaranteed spider-man 3 is part of that run as well because that's going to happen regardless yeah i don't know i'm in 100%. 100%. So, I don't know. We'll see how this how it all pans out. It's not like they've let us down quality-wise. It's just like is this too much? I guess time will tell. Not for me. Like I'm fucking excited. So, yeah. The only other thing of the Marvel stuff is Kevin Feige confirmed that Valkyrie is going to have like an on-screen LGBT romance in Oh, yes. In Love and Thunder as well. So, I mean, that obviously that means she's in the movie whether, you know, she's just kind of doing a cameo or whether she's like integral to it. I guess we'll see. I'd be disappointed if she wasn't. I would be surprised if Hemsworth is in this too much. Cause I think he's off with guardians of the galaxy now. So I think maybe it's like confused, Hemsworth holds like, off think... or hands off. And then Valkyrie is kind of her mentor or whatever. Or... Yeah, but then why call the movie Thor four? Because like, why fucking call... Jane Foster is Thor. I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Cause there's still a Thor. It's just not Hemsworth. I'm also kind of curious how they're going to make her Thor when Mjolnir's gone, which is kind of how she yeah. gets the power in the comic. That's kind of one of those, like, how are they going to do that? Like, she's not going to take Stormbringer, I don't think. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm not, I don't know. Cause like, I think I'm not sure how they, they come out because they haven't really announced where Guardians is going to fall. And it seems like it, that's going to be the one pushed further back. Yeah. I can't see them not wanting Hemsworth in this movie. He's fucking money as Thor. Like, would you really not want him in there? Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. So, know. like, I don't know, maybe this becomes like Guardians of the Thor Galaxy too. Like they're in there as well because they're kind of with him. I don't know how it works. It doesn't really matter. I have faith that Kevin Feige will put this together in a way that <laughs> I'll be happy with because he has not not done that so far. So anyway, why don't we talk about what happened over at DC now? Oh, sorry. Very little happened. Very little happened at DC. That Watchmen trailer is fucking badass. I'm real excited yes. for that Watchmen show. They did announce Watchmen trailer, uh, which was cool. I'm excited for the show. There's two Superman animated movies that are coming out. They are finally adapting Red Sun. Now, yeah. we will talk about this during the meat of the episode as to whether or not I feel like that's a good <laughs> idea, given the current quality level. But we will glaze over that. The only other thing I had here is that we are getting small Batman updates. They added the cinematographer from Rogue One to the Robert Pattinson Batman movie. Okay. So like that movie is like progressing to the point where they're building like a filming crew and stuff. So that's cool. I didn't see anything else from the DC side of stuff, unless you have anything else you want to talk about. I know there's comic stuff. That was yeah, cool. well, I mean, there's the Eisner Award winners all got announced. Yes, I had that lower, yeah. She can get to, well, yeah, go there. There's a bunch of Marvel and DC stuff on there. The, let's see, best single issue, Spectacular Spider-Man number 310 by Chip Zdarsky. 
Best limited series was Tom King and Mitch Gerard's Mr. Miracle, which I have definitely pimped on the podcast before. Best writer was Tom King for both Batman, Mr. Miracle, Heroes in Crisis. And he also did a short story in the winter special featuring Swamp Thing. So did he get best continuing series for that? No, best continuing series, Giant Days, which is Boom Studios. Okay. Uh, John Allison, yeah. Max Aaron. Yeah. Boombox. Uh, bo- yeah, Boombox, which I am not familiar with. Best art, basically. Mitch Gerard's on Mr. Miracle. Okay. That was, yeah. I, saw, I looked at the pencils of that. That was good. Um, And then Matt Wilson won for Best Coloring, who did Mighty Thor and Runaways and a bunch of other stuff. And yeah, there was one other DC thing, wasn't there? Oh, yeah. They had a trailer for the new Harley Quinn animated series, which is definitely like rated yes. pg-13 at the very least with with kelly cuoco as yeah uh, harley they also announced that i mean titan season two is happening and that's ca- happening imminently like it's coming out in the next couple it's just over a month yeah so that's coming out and they did we are getting a doom patrol season two they've confirmed that that's getting it yes and that it so, will be not only on the universe but also on hbo max one of hbo's multiple streaming services I think that's the consolidated, like, big one now, isn't it? Okay, maybe. All that kind of stuff works. Max is the new one. Like, that's what they're calling the WB big streaming service is HBO Max. Okay. Did we not talk about that on the bot on the show? I thought we did. Maybe. Maybe we did. Okay. Either way. So, we've done done Eisner. We did Marvel craziness. We've kind of covered the DC stuff. Are we good? They announced Tom King's next project, which is uh, Tom King, Doc Shaner, and Mitch Gerard's tackling uh, Strange Adventures, which is, like, DC's like legacy sort of space adventure series, which usually features Adam Strange in some way. So that I'm fucking King's been doing awesome stuff. So I'm and I'm all in for all DC stuff anyway. So that sounds pretty cool. So the next big chunk of news. So like the two big news from Comic-Con last weekend seemed to be basically Marvel and then Star Trek. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about the crazy Star Trek stuff <laughs> that happened now too. Um, so a lot of stuff was announced for Star Trek. Some are arguing that it might be a little bit too much. I'm not sure if I'm quite there yet, but <laughs> I did sit through Discovery. So Twice. <laughs> I'm getting there. Yeah. yeah. So we'll talk about Picard at the end but first thing lower decks was shown uh we saw some key art voice cast names and that kind of stuff it looks dumb i will definitely watch at least the first <laughs> couple episodes to see what they're doing yeah i guess they discussed discovery season three or like they showed some stuff for discovery season three they were talked about how it's still going to be star trek we'll see how that is when we get to it because that's what they were saying about the other two seasons and that's not exactly how it panned <laughs> out anyway there was a short Trek trailer shown, which included my future favorite Star Trek show, which so that's going to feature Rebecca Romaine as number one and Ethan Peck as Spock. And hopefully they'll be on the Enterprise and doing stuff so that I get to see that ship again because it was beautiful mm-hmm. at the very least. They did that right. I think that might be wishful thinking, but we'll find out, I guess. Probably. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah. So they, they did tease the Star Trek show again. Like they asked the crowd at the thing if they want that Captain Pike show. So they must have something in the in the works they wouldn't be fucking talking about it otherwise, mm. but they won't just come out and say it. So just make my goddamn Captain <laughs> Pike show you bastards, please. Either way, so Picard, a trailer was shown for Patrick Stewart's return to Star Trek. A lot of shit in there and a lot of surprises. There is. So first of all, we're shown Romulans. We are shown the Borg. We are shown Jerry Ryan returning as seven of goddamn nine. <laughs> And then we are shown Data's back. Data is back. Also, after we sent him off a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yes, and we did just watch him die a yeah. couple weeks ago. Oh, speaking of which, somebody put the fucking like face app old filter on 
whatever that shitty version of Picard was. I've already blocked that out of my mind. Shinzon. Shinzon. And it, oh God, it's a nightmare. And it looks nothing, mm-hmm. nothing at all like actual old Picard. <laughs> that whole thing creeps me out. It's like when they, everybody was doing those 20 years apart pictures. And I was just like, yeah, this yeah. is just the Russians trying to figure out how to like, yeah. what you're going to look like as you continue eight. That's how they built this algorithm. Yeah. Was by using that data they collected from taught them. it. Oh, yeah. Terrifying. <laughs> terrifying. Anyway, so Star Trek, Picard, what do you think, buddy? <laughs> Where are you? I, I'm excited for Picard. I'm excited for all the legacy stuff. It's some of like mm. the younger generation where it's like, yeah, Picard needs to get a young, you know, fresh crew to help him on his crusade or whatever that is kind of worrying to me. Like, why can't we just have like a bunch of old fucking geriatric, you know, Starfleet people like trying to, you know, realizing their limitations, realizing they're not as young as they used to be and shit like that and having to go about things different ways. Like, I would be down for just that. We watched six movies of that. That's what the original series cast movies were, was like them accepting that they were older and stuff. Yeah, but I want that with the fucking TNG people. I agree. I'm with you. And I'm hoping that's kind of what this show turns into. I'm sure over they're trying to start something new right now. And I feel like this show is going to be like, eventually people are going to be like, get rid of the kids and just like bring the TNG cast back and put them on the enterprise and let them go do Star Trek shit again. Yeah. And they'll be like, we're going to find a way to do that for you guys. And they'll do it just to cow to like everybody bitching that everybody really just wants a TNG reunion on the enterprise. Yeah. Like the old movies did, right? Like yeah. get to see them at the end of the career too. Yeah, but just knowing knowing that this is only a six uh, episode thing, like I don't no. want them to spend a whole bunch they're, of they're fucking time, saying, you know, help getting me familiar with this new cast just to fucking try and spin them off into something else and backdoor a pilot out of this kind of thing. Where I'd really rather get just you know a lot of Picard like introspecting his career and shit like that and which is what it sounds like you're gonna get at least yeah. three seasons of the show Patrick Stewart has said so like this yeah. is like okay. gonna be a thing that's gonna happen for a couple years now yeah I'm more hoping for like yeah get those cast reunions in there well they, they bring in Jerry Ryan in bring some deep space guys in <laughs> for me too you know like where's Cole Meany like get Chief O'Brien in there that's <laughs> the only one I want to see I just want to see Chief O'Brien help Captain Picard he worked on the Enterprise for like five years yeah, they did confirm that Brakes is who's going, who's directing several episodes, is going to be back as Riker, and Marina Sirtis is also going to be back as Deanna Troy as well. Yeah, there was a rumor going around Michael Dorn has been seen on set too, so like mm. take that for whatever grain of salt you want. Mm. So it basically sounds like the only people who haven't been invited back are Gates McFadden and LeVar Burton. And Pulaski. Yeah, but that's just, I think she's dead. <laughs> she dead? <laughs> I don't know if Diana Muller's still alive or not. <laughs> And Wesley Crusher. Well, they didn't invite his mom, so they're not inviting him. <laughs> Fucking gosh, shut up, Wesley. <laughs> they invited him back for Nemesis so that he could get cut out and shown in the background. Doesn't even have yeah, a line. He was there at least, just but didn't actually yeah, say anything. <laughs> the beta canon is that he's supposed to be on Riker's ship afterwards, but mm. who knows? Like this is twenty years later, so who knows yeah. how long that lasts? All right, so that's that's the big stuff with Star Trek and Marvel and. Tim snuck his DC bullshit in there too. So <laughs> there wasn't much of it. I'm, I'm happy to admit. <laughs> yeah. So just quick stuff now. So trailers came out this week on top of a bunch of other trailers we talked about last week, but most notably they're actually doing Jumanji too with the rock and like that cast is all coming back. Oh yeah. That's, that's been announced for a while. I just, I yeah. saw the trailer today is why I was like, huh? Yeah. I didn't even though that was happening. And then the other, the bigger one, I guess is Zombieland two. The trailer dropped today. Did you watch the trailer for this? No, I haven't yet. It's been a long time since I've watched the first Zombieland. I mean, yeah, I have too. fond memories of it, but it's just not one that I go back to. Yeah, me too. Um, so it's one that I'll I'll definitely watch. It's just a matter of 
whether I make it to the theater for it or not. Yeah. If it's coming in fucking 2021, apparently I'm only fucking going to see comic book movies in the yeah. theater. Yeah, right. You are. Basically, that's all you're going to have time to see. We got a podcast to make. Guys. Exactly. No, but I'm kind of excited for Zombieland. I mean, it was super funny because like the, the opening thing of it was just like every actor in that lead cast has been nominated or won an Academy Award. So it's Academy Award nominee Woody Harrelson, Academy Award nominee Jesse Eisenberg, mm-hmm. Academy Award nominee Abigail, Abigail Breslin, Breslin, and then Academy Award winner yeah. Emma Stone, right? So it's just like, how did yeah. this cast of goof-offs from the first movie that nobody cared about? <laughs> They're all Academy Award type people now. All right. It's an interesting world yeah. we live in. What was, what, was Woody Harrelson uh, born on the 4th of July? Uh, was he not Dallas Buyers Club? Was that not what he got nominated for? Oh, maybe. Either way, movie looks like it'll be fun. I don't want to spend a ton of time on it. There's still a bunch of shit to get through. So we've talked about Orville very slightly. I think only I'm the one who's watching it, but it is still alive, but is being moved off Fox proper and over to Hulu streaming exclusively. So I'm glad it's still around, and I'm just hoping they don't slash the budget too much moving it to streaming. Although I guess if you're Seth MacFarlane, money isn't probably much of a problem for you because he's got Family Guy money, and that's like... (laughs) A lot of fucking money. So if you don't like Discovery and you're longing for a more 90s style Star Trek, I definitely think Orville is the show for you. Um, if you can put up with Seth MacFarlane doing Seth MacFarlane things, which I apparently can because I like the show <laughs> a lot. Either way, I'd rather have the show than not have it. So I'm glad it kind of is alive and moving over to Hulu. I'm happy yeah. for you. I have watched three episodes of The Expanse and have been meaning to go back to it. Season four will be available exclusively on Amazon, Amazon Prime. I feel like a fucking commercial spokesman. Sometimes when I do these, <laughs> it is that's another one of those ones I've heard a lot of good shit about, and I do love sci-fi, and I wish that I had more time to watch <sighs> it. It's it's pretty high on my list of stuff. Yeah, that I, I, I got to get back to it now, especially now that I know that like season four is coming kind of imminently. I want to get into it. Although that does mean there is a show that came out today that I want to get into for sure. The boys, yeah, the boys came out today. Carl Urban. Uh, so Garth Ennis is the it's the adaptation of Garth Ennis is the boys. It's out on Amazon Prime today. And you should watch the trailer. It is fucking bonkers. So I'm kind of, I'm going to at least watch the pilot and see how crazy it is. I'm in, I'm on board for Carl Urban basically. Yeah. So we'll see. And it's getting pretty solid reviews so far in terms of like sort of lampooning all of our society's current obsession with superhero stuff. It seems, I mean, knowing the, what I do about the source material, though I've never read it, you know, it's going to be a very irreverent take and I'm all about that. Yeah. No, it looks like it's got kind of a, like a real, yeah, very irreverent tone. So I'm I'm excited for it. And I love Carl Urban in this kind of stuff. Like when he gets to play funny, like bones kind of when he gets to do comedy, yeah. I'm like, I'm all on board for the Carl Urban like comedy train. Next thing, what else did I have in here? The first Witcher trailer came out, and honestly, I thought it looked okay. Just to em- emphasize that after we've put out 20 plus episodes of Christy decrying the show because of the casting. I did read a story this week where they said they actually tried out 207 other dudes and kept coming back to Henry Cavill. <laughs> so it's, I think they did their due diligence. I'm going to allow it yeah. at this point. I'm cool <laughs> with it. Speaking of things we bitched about endlessly, there was something about uh, Game of Thrones, like the D&D from Game of Thrones canceling their Hall H appearance, which is yeah. super funny. Uh, <laughs> it is. But I mean, honestly, if I were those guys uh, after the fucking fandom turned on them so hard, like, why would you subject yourself to that? Yeah. Shit? Especially you when you got the money. better shit. And you've got the money. Yeah, exactly. So off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would. I'm completely there. I would have been like, that's funny. I would have canceled too. Cause I didn't want to listen to those people bitch. 
Yeah, exactly. Anyway, I did it for... Which is unfortunate, like, because, again, like, there's probably... That room probably would have been filled with people that waited in line to fucking bitch at them, mm-hmm. when there was probably just as many, if not more, people at Comic-Con that were perfectly happy with it, yep. but didn't feel the need to go to a fucking panel yeah. and, like, praise them for it kind of thing. Yeah. Well, you know, the person... The squeaky wheel, you know? Yeah. Gets grease kind of thing. Is, I'm... Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, either Toxic way. fandom. We need. We will have another episode on that oh, at some I'm point. Sure, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll <laughs> get back just, to that. Shit it's just getting worse. <laughs> yeah, it's not getting any better. Netflix has announced that Invader Zim is returning. Enter the Florpus has a new teaser and a release date. Enter the Florpus. It does. I, <laughs> I I haven't watched the trailer yet, but uh, it's. I mean, just because there's been so much shit coming out, and mm-hmm. I've been out of town this week, but. Uh, I am definitely excited for a new Invader Zim movie that'll make for a fun fucking Friday night or something. Yeah. Rick and Morty's cast and crew shared some clips and a teeny bit of season four news at their SDC panel. The show comes back in November. That's all we're that's all we got from Rick and Morty. That's fine. Because they're coming back in November. Anymore. Yeah, everybody's gonna fucking watch it anyways. And in the strange surprise news, or more surprise news for this week, we've talked about Archer wrapping up after the end of season ten. Bullshit. Mm-hmm. They've been renewed again, or at least asked for another season. So they are coming back for season eleven to actually wake Archer up from his coma and Thank properly fucking God. wrap the show up. So I, I'm going to second Tim's thank fucking God and iterate <laughs> that I have not watched anything except for the first episode of season ten. I will watch it this weekend. That is my it's my project. I'm a few episodes into it. It's the same as, as the last couple. Good. Yeah. Yeah. It's as, as good as the last couple so far. I mean, it's got some good shit. You know, they're trying to do like higher concept stuff with it, but that's not what Archer is. Archer no. is fucking dick and fart jokes. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had the same conversation in chat this afternoon. Paul and I thought said exactly what Tim and I just said. So yeah, like that's the dance robot dance chorus is all of us saying exactly yeah. the same thing. <laughs> if you have five seconds, you should go out and check out the Jojo Rabbit's teaser trailer because it features Taika Waititi frolicking around as an imaginary Hitler. And it is oh, yeah. as ridiculous <laughs> as Polynesian. A Polynesian Jew playing <laughs> fucking Hitler. It was. It's fucking crazy. Like you have to check it out. Um, I was just losing my mind. Either way, so my last little thing before we leave. We don't usually talk about toys, but there's a ton of cool shit that was coming out that I that came out through SDCC. There's an amazing Into the Spider Verse like seventy dollar Miles that's coming out. There's a cool vintage line of Masters of the Universe that I think is that Hasbro, Kenner, uh, Kenner, yeah is putting out that's very like it's based on the same the old proportions but like with more detailed sculpts so like the sculpts look neat i'll if they're cool i will take a look at them the marvel legends line this year is basically like 90s jim lee x-men inspired so like there's a huge line of all these like 90s style x-men coming out on the marvel oh yeah i did see some of those those look pretty pretty awesome they're pretty cool and then there was two that i really wanted to talk about because i did get my ghostbusters ectomobile transformer (laughs) i think so cool yeah, my sister and her and my brother-in-law found it at an EB while they were on a Funko Pop binge hunt, I guess, <laughs> or hunt binge or whatever you call it. So they got that, but the SDCC had an exclusive uh, MP10 Masterpiece Optimus Prime. It's not as expensive as I thought it was going to be, so I'm like, not going to buy it, but I want to buy it real bad, <laughs> so there's that. And then the one we didn't talk about last week, because this was announced before SDCC, and I just wanted to like put this out there in the world that if somebody wants to buy a $600 transformer and send it to Milton for me, I will gladly accept the Unicron that they are putting out that is 27 inches tall and is beautiful. And I want it so bad. I don't know what I would do with it, 
and I have no actual desire to own this thing, <laughs> but I kind of want it for photo referencing purposes. So if you guys want to send me one, I'll take it. So you will accept any of our listeners' 27-inch Unicrons is what you're saying? Absolutely. Anytime. <laughs> that thing looks spiky as fuck, too. So like, that's going to hurt. It's going to tear some shit up on the way in. That's going to hurt. Hurt real bad. He's real spiky on the outside. It's going to hurt, but I will do it. Because I want that unicorn's big bat wings. Because even getting fisted by that thing would hurt like hell. Because he's got all that. It's not. It's not pretty. All right, that's all I had. Tim probably has another half an hour. No, I have like two things. One is that Handmaid's Tale got renewed for a fourth season. Oh yes, I saw. No that. big surprise there. And the other late. This is was after Comic Con came out on Wednesday. Is that there's apparently a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy series TV show coming to Hulu. Not much information on it yet, but I'm positive that this probably has something to do with the success of and how well received Good Omens was. And they're looking for like similarly kind of uh, toned content and they can say, hey, what else can we do? Because people really like that. So and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy definitely has some of that like Pratchett and Gaiman-esque British wit to it. Yeah. Yes. So agreed. Yeah. And like that is a novel that I think would benefit from series treatment, like being adapted as a series. Mm. It's been damn near 15 years since it got adapted with Martin Freeman and Sam and Sam Rockwell. Yeah. I like that movie a lot, even though it's not as like accurate as I guess it could be, but I still enjoyed that movie yeah. quite a bit. Although, I mean, Martin Freeman, and Sam Rockwell are fucking charming as I'll get out. So yeah, absolutely. That was an easy movie to like. Either way, it is time after 45 minutes. I'm just stop saying the time number, <laughs> but like it's been a while. We've been here for a while, guys. I'm sorry. To get into Geek of the Week. Geek of the Week. Oh, the loneliest sting. I love <laughs> it so much. All right, Tim. This is the section of the show where we tell each other the geekiest thing we did this week. So we have to talk. I have, I have a complaint. We need to like consider consolidating these segments <laughs> because... I am not interesting enough to suggest or do multiple <laughs> things that are nerdy during a week. Fair enough. So these are giving like real fucking hard for me. You know what I mean? No, you don't. Geek cred doesn't have to be something you've been digging on lately. Geek cred can be just <sighs> something you've enjoyed at any point in your life. That makes me have to know three things that I got to say on the podcast. Those <laughs> are just two, Tim. I don't know. It's a lot of work. All right. I'm just saying. <laughs> Either way, what's your geek of the week for the week, man? This one's been one that's been going on for a while, but we did. Uh, I did do it last weekend uh, as i think i've mentioned on the podcast before alicia myself and one of our friends are doing a ring wraith group cosplay at uh, dragon con this year and been working on our costumes there's this in particular on the gauntlets for the costume which we there's a video on youtube of like adam savage's like tested channel where he does like one day builds uh, and mm. brought in this other guy that is a specialist in recreating armor out of craft foam uh, and so they like posted the templates and everything so you just print it out you cut out all the pieces and so it's been a lot of work because you have to like do a lot of cutting and like uh, bending and like heat bending and shit like that on them. And then like you have to score yeah. them and like, you know, use like contact cement to glue the pieces together so you can get like little ridges and shit in them. So it's been a lot of work and pretty fiddly, but they're really coming together. We've gotten to the point now that we can like mock them up and they do look pretty fucking cool. And it's it feels really cool. neat to have sort of created something like that any all the other cosplay i've done over the years has been kind of like closet cosplay kind of stuff so yeah you know actually making this shit from scratch has been really neat i'm 
Uh, we still got a long ways to go, but it's coming together. We've come a long way as well. I used to like hang out with a bunch of cosplayers that I met like through Fan Expo, and I kind of knew some at home. But like, what? Like, we would hang out while they were doing like building their stuff, mm-hmm. and I was like, man, you guys put in so much fiddly <laughs> fucking effort to these things. It's mm-hmm. insane to me. But says the guy whose geek of the week is basically that I colored that giant devastator that I posted to last <laughs> week's, which I also I'm sure was very fiddly. <laughs> Oh fuck, sweet Jesus! I'm my art style has just become kind of a nightmare, like my own nightmare. <laughs> like I created this nightmare. It's so detailed now, and like the tablet is a lot. Like I got to figure out how to pull back some of it. I guess I don't know. Either way, like, I'm not even sure if that can be my geek of the week because really I'm just consolidating all my files right now, and I have such an elaborate array of hard drives and backups going on that I'm trying to manage all this stuff. Yeah, so like basically just sitting down and coloring that giant devastator was like my geek of the week. And as Tim, I will post it to this week's episode, I guess the colored, the rough colored version that I did because it was yeah, it's it's labor intensive. It, it is intense, and I think it the the colored version definitely works better for me than the uh, the black and white uh, for sure. What well, was like I designed that illustration to be yeah needed. To, it, it had to be colored because um, it's just too like that too part noisy of this, this style like. What I'm doing right now is like too much detail to not have the color on it to kind of help you pattern out the bigger picture. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, once I got the color on there, I felt like it kind of came together a little bit more. So I'll, uh, I'll post that this week. That was definitely Geek of the Week this week was that monster. So nice. yeah, so that kind of puts us to, I was going to sit here and talk about like my digital footprint being into like the dozens of terabytes now. <laughs> I was like, you know what? Let's not do that because... I don't need everybody to know that I'm a data hoarder on top of everything else. <laughs> Every other really weird shit that I do. So it's meat of the episode time. Getting some like meat of the episode. Hemorrhaging brain meat. Yeah, that was weird. So like just kind of how I felt watching the adaptation. Like, yeah, like my brain was melting out of my nose. Kind of felt like how I feel reading Jeff Loeb anything usually. So there's <laughs> that. We we're covering Batman Hush this week. Now, up until this point, Tim had never read the graphic novel. I hadn't. And I own all the issues. No. Uh, but from so like, do I. I found my, them, my binge of, of buying a bunch of back issues, maybe fuck, before I moved down to Atlanta. So like over 10 years ago now, but have never got to actually reading them. Huh, interesting. So as you're all probably familiar with us doing this kind of stuff now we're going to talk about both the comic and the movie Mm -hmm. generally focusing probably i don't really know how we're going to focus i was focused kind of on the movie while i was writing my notes because i was just not happy with how they were doing stuff as per (laughs) usual with these animated adaptions so my first question i had an actual question for you though first off um you've never read hush before so where were you in 2003 (laughs) and was it under a rock? Because <laughs> I don't understand how you can be a DC reader and have missed fucking Jim Lee coming back to Batman. So in 2003, 2003 was sort of, I, I guess I was like five or six years into collecting comic books at that point. Um, mm-hmm. Like actively collecting rather than just picking up here or there. And I was picking up all the Superman stuff, picking up, I think at the time, probably like the uh, Jeff Johns Titans run. And maybe like, I think I might've been picking up the Kyle Rayner Green Lantern and like uh, JSA, if that was around, I think that was, that was, yeah, that I think that would've been well. JSA, Jeff Johns. Yeah. yeah. So, so I was only really picking up like those three or four titles. I don't even know if I was picking up fucking Justice League at that point. It wasn't until like 2005 because I was still in college at that point and I have a lot of disposable Mm. income. So it wasn't until like 2005 when I, that was the year that I worked at Disney World and I had, I was making like fucking more money than I know what to do with at that time and I didn't have a whole lot of expenses. So that was when I was like, 
fuck it. I'd like all these books. I'm just going to start buying everything. So it was like two years after 2003 when I finally started like actively collecting and reading Batman books. Oh, so interesting. So what did you think, man? I mean, it was weird for me because I've been reading Batman comics for 15 years now. I obviously already knew that the identity of Hush as Tommy Elliott. Yes. So that part was spoiled for me. So obviously there was a little bit of impact loss there. But even if I hadn't, it's pretty fucking obvious. Like they introduce a new villain and a new character at the exact same time, which almost always means that that character is the villain. Well, he was introduced as a red herring. If you go and read like interviews from like Jeff Loeb and Jim Lee after he was like literally introduced as a red herring because they wanted to do the Jason Todd reveal. Yeah. And then DC got cold feet. And then like the, the hush story is so weird to me because of this little tidbit where they wanted it to be Jason Todd. And then they got cold feet and pulled it. And then like, it feels like six months later, they basically retconned it so that it was Jason Todd the whole time anyway. Yeah. Cause I'm pretty sure now they reference like that was him who fought Batman. And it was just like they were they switched him out at the end. Like I've I've heard mm. different versions of that story now where I'm like, I don't even know what it's supposed to be. Like they basically brought Jason Todd back like a year later during Final Crisis, right? Yeah, Final Crisis and then he and then the whole Red Hood thing. Yeah. yeah so Which is also funny because they've already done Red Hood, and I'm not sure if that's in continuity to this or not. Like I have no idea how these movies work. Oh that's the other yeah. thing that's confusing. Yeah. So, like there's an animated series of movies that I'm like not sure if that one but, counts or not. I really enjoyed the comic story for sure. I mean, it's definitely there's a masturbatory element to it for sure, where it was just like, yeah. hey, Jeff Loeb wanted to and this is Jeff something that Jeff Loeb does a lot with like Long Halloween and and other, you know, some of the like stuff other yeah. stuff he did with like Tim Sale and that kind of thing, where it's like, I just want to do a story where I get to bring in as many big characters as I can, kind of thing. It's like the Jeff Loeb yeah. like 101 <laughs> kind of writing lesson is uh, when talent lacks, just bring a bunch of popular characters into your book. <laughs> that being said, I, yeah, I didn't feel like it was like super forced bringing in all those characters. I think mm. they brought them in pretty naturally. Fucking Jim Lee's art is beautiful on it. It's dynamic. It's lively. Like this is Jim Lee. I would say pretty much at his peak of creativity and yeah. output especially like the watercolor style that he uses for the flashback sequences is really, really nice too. Yep. But that was the weird thing. Like, I don't know how they do this story with all those flashbacks to Tommy and Bruce as children. And then are like out of nowhere. Oh, by the way, this is Jason Todd. Oh, it was all added after. Okay. Like, yeah, they added all this stuff after. Well, it was all red herring. It was designed to make you think it was Tommy Elliott. Yeah. Right. And then it was going to be Jason Todd. Cause who else would know about Tommy Elliott except a Robin? You would have to be in his life. Yeah, to know yeah, that. somebody. Yeah, like all the details point to it being a Robin, yeah. and obviously that Robin would have to be Jason Todd at that point. Because in the comic, Tim is prominently featured as like Catwoman's main antagonist. Yeah, Dick's around just being awesome because Nightwing is fucking amazing always. And they hadn't introduced Damien quite yet. Yeah, because uh, that was like a Morrison thing. So yeah. we were kind of in a pre-Damien world too. So I guess the funny part about like re- going back to the comic, this is a pre-52 post-crisis like version of batman like this is my batman yeah we're like after the late 52, continuity like, yeah, shuffled stuff yeah. yeah a long history kind of thing you know already had three yeah. robins or, or on his third robin yeah. now i guess this is going this, into his fourth well this is his fourth isn't it because the stephanie was before this was she not I'm sure spoiler, spoiler i think spoiler might have been right after this actually i don't think i thought yeah, spoiler spoiler was right like, after this was it i thought spoiler was like yeah, i think cataclysm era which is like late 90s she was spoiler. Okay, but she didn't then. take out. But I think she was Batgirl. Like, she didn't come as Robin and then Batgirl or whatever, okay. I think, until War Games, which I think is after Hush. I'd have to look it up. Yeah, Don't yeah. quote me on okay. that. I'm pretty sure this, because that her 
I remember her, she got screwed out of being Batgirl by 52, right? Like she was Batgirl when 52 happened. Uh, and she yeah. got kicked out of the role so the Babs could go back into it, right? Yeah, pretty much. So that's probably, I think this is, I think it's all post hush. Okay. Is that. Okay. So like they're in going into their fourth Robin, like they're coming up on Robin four and five kind of thing at that point. But yeah, we're right now. Tim's still not Red Robin. He's still just Robin. Yeah. So she became Robin in 2004, May 2004. So it would have been very shortly after this. I really hope our listeners enjoy how like deep Robin into this. Robin number 126 (laughs) for any of the series one for any of our listeners that want to look it up. Yeah, it's the old. Uh, that's the Chuck Dixon one too. Like yep. that's that classic Robin. Yeah, yep, yep. remember that? Cause I had all that uh, Kyle Graman art too, right? Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Good science. So this is like we're we're into our middle yeah, like we're, we're deep of, like prime collecting nerds like deep nerd <laughs> shit. Like yeah, I read all these books. Yeah. Robin in the nineties, absolutely read that book. You had to. <laughs> Post Nightfall, you how did you not read Robin? I don't know. How about that? Anyway, so I actually didn't know about the the one thing that did catch me by surprise, or one of the things that caught me by surprise reading it through the first time was I didn't know about the the Jason Todd like as Clayface bait and switch towards the oh, end, okay, yeah. which was a cool misdirection, and and you know that was now they pretty commonly go back to like, hey, Batman's tortured because of the whole Jason Todd thing, but that was like something they hadn't really touched on in quite a while. No, no. It's funny too because it's right around the era that like that rule got broken where like you leave Jason Todd dead, you leave Bucky dead. Like yeah. the only person who stayed dead is kind of Ben, right? Because you can't have Spider Man without Uncle Ben being dead. Yeah. But, like, oh, this is still um, this is still uh, Wally West Flash is still dead at this point too, or uh, Bar- Barry yeah, Allen Flash. Yeah. I mean, Barry, yeah, Barry still, Barry's dead, still yeah. dead at this point for like twenty years. This is where that rule is starting to break because mm-hmm. I think this is around when Winter Soldier happened as well. Like these two, like Red Hood coming back or like Jason Todd coming back and Bucky coming back happened. Around the same time, yeah, and I can't remember. I have to look who came first. And then Barry Allen yeah, came back a few years later, yes. and well, then the floodgates yeah. fucking opened, right? Like where they're like, "All right, we brought Bucky back, so yeah. like, fucking all bets are off." You know, <laughs> like we can bring anybody back, bring Uncle Ben back. Fuck it, who cares? Yeah. Like, don't do it. anybody who does that. I'll never read Spider Man. I'll never read that Spider Man. Do not do that. <laughs> and Stephanie Brown didn't fucking stay dead for long either. <laughs> no, but she got. She shouldn't have been killed either. That was a stupid fucking decision it was. on their part. Yeah. And they killed her. Ugh, ugh. Anyway, <laughs> Hush. Let's talk about Hush. Uh, let's see. So what did you like about the comic? Like, what was like key points you were like? We were talking about the art. Yeah, obviously, absolutely. Jim Lee's art. Fantastic. Yeah. There was a couple character designs that I was like, and eh, not so much. But well, I mean, Huntress. Huntress. Yeah. Like, that's a fucking 90s ass Huntress costume with like the fucking spandex bodysuit. Yeah, ab window. And the huge fucking like ears on the mask or whatever is Jesus. But that's, I, I don't think that's his design. I think that's a holdover from like no. some late 90s, like Chuck Dixon y kind of bullshit. Or Chuck Dixon era. I think it's the Birds of Prey design. Yeah, yeah, it might be. Yeah. I think it's from the Birds of Prey design that they were co- using commonly at that point. It's disappointing to me because like they use Oracle and her, but they never, they don't show Black Canary at all. It's like, yeah. Kind of get Birds of Prey in there, but not quite. I think the the fans of that book also didn't like the way she was portrayed in this. Like, I don't think they quite thought Jeff Loeb nailed her. Yeah. It was also a criticism I remember okay. hearing of him using Huntress in this as opposed to. One of the other, like, more common, like, he could have used um, Cassandra Kane and not have pissed off the Birds of Prey people kind of thing mm. at this point. But, you know, use Huntress. Fun. Yeah. And, and going back to the art, too, I, I didn't, it's really obvious that at least the first few pages of every issue are the exact same panel layout. But I think it might be, like, every issue in this 12-issue run had the exact same fucking panel layout. Like... Jim Lee imposed that on himself kind of thing. Like there's, you know, the first page is like a full splash page. And then like the, Uh 
second page is broken up into four or five panels. And then there's a two page splash that's broken up into three panels. One that's one that's across the fold. Not Jim Lee. That's not Jim Lee. That's Jeff Loeb does that in all the scripts. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go read dark victory or uh, long Halloween again. He uses the exact same kind of pattern with Tim sale. It's one of his little tricks. It works well. It's almost like doing a cold open uh, in a TV show. Shockingly coming from, you know, TV writer, Jeff Loeb doing that kind of style, but it works really well here. Yeah. Doing that Batman cold open works nicely for Batman, right? Like that's why they call it. Yeah. So, and it's always interesting to me when like artists, whether it's you know a writer or a, an artist uh, or you know penciler or whatever, imposes those sorts of restrictions on themselves in yeah. terms of storytelling uh, vehicles and and how they have to. You can kind of see sometimes how they have to work around it or have how they have to change the writing of a scene or the order of a scene or something like that in order to fit it in yeah. there. So, but I thought it was pretty effective and definitely something that I had noticed more reading it sort of one issue after the other than I might have noticed, you know, picking it up on yeah. a monthly basis uh, 15 years yeah. ago kind of thing. Penciling is an underrated art, underrated skill. It's, uh, it's a tricky job to do. Oh, yeah. Uh, obviously, since I can't do it properly enough to get hired. So there you go. <laughs> so that kind of brings us up to speed on the comic. Do you have anything you want to say about the comic overall before we kind of dive into the animated adaptation, since that's the oh, yeah. topical thing to talk about? Oh, yeah, there's a bunch more stuff I want to say about the comic. Let's see. I like that it celebrated the sort of DC legacy because you had that flashback to the Golden Age Green Lantern, Alan Scott and Metropolis, because yeah. I'm a fucking sucker for... DC's like old school characters. It always makes me question like how old is Batman supposed to be if he's <laughs> around for like Golden Age Green Lantern? Well, like, they don't necessarily say it, that that's like World War II Green Lantern. Like, you know, it could be Green because Green Lantern, Alan Scott was around like into the 70s, early 80s kind of thing because um, they, they they kept like Still de-aging Batman, like in his 60s yeah. or some shit now. <laughs> well, this is 2003 too, like 50 years ago. So, you know, this yeah, could be like true, that. that's, that's yeah. in his like 40s kind of thing probably makes sense yeah. in this case because he's been through three fucking yeah. Robins. And... Well, I mean, that second one didn't last too long. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that one was like a one and done <laughs> yes. pretty fast disposable Robin, unfortunately <laughs> for him. I will argue that the character is better off having died and be being treated as Red Hood now than he ever would have been as just like another Robin that became another Robin. You know what I mean? Like if they just let him keep being Robin, yeah. I think he's better off being Red Hood than he is as like kind of where Tim Drake is now, you know, where he's just like working more or less not Nightwing. No, Tim Drake. Yeah. But like not Nightwing. Yeah. That's what I mean, but he's not Nightwing. So like, Tim Drake was never Nightwing. What the fuck are you talking about? I know that's the point I'm talking okay. about. He's not Nightwing. <laughs> where like everybody likes Nightwing, okay. Dick Grayson. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like Tim Drake, people are like, yeah, right. That's the third Robin, I guess. Cool. He's still doing stuff. He's on the. Uh, he's part of Young Justice now, which is nice. Is he? Yeah, okay. So he's back with Connell yeah. and Cassie Sandsmark oh, and all okay. them. And yep. Well, that ma- that's a good spot for him to be yeah. at least. That makes sense. So yeah. that's good. I like. I always like the Tim character. I just like. I feel like he's now kind of short shrifted by not being the first Robin who is now Nightwing and awesome. Yeah. Not being Jason Todd who has come back from the dead and is now a villain kind of, and then not being Damien who is like son of the demon. Like Tim's got doesn't have like a huge identity to himself. Uh, there's a de- Detective Comics run like last year or a couple of years ago or something like that where he had a pretty big like leadership role and really sort of came okay. into his own. So they are doing more with him these days. Let's see what else. I found Hush to be a pretty compelling villain. Like he's kind of an Elseworlds version of Bruce. You know what Bruce could have been if he like let the hate and fear consume him as a child. Like if he turn to the dark side or whatever yeah i actually i like i liked the way they set up the tommy elliott character in the comic Mm -hmm. i wish they had a longer arc to set this up yeah like doing the setup and then like we're gonna pull the trigger within the year 
is like, no, 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 you should be doing like a three year run, introduce Tommy Elliott in like issue two. Yeah. And then in issue 30, you're like, hey, we pulled the fucking trigger. He's hush. Like, yeah. Long haul it. But like, yeah, we're just going to do 12 issues because it's just Jeff Loeb and Jim Lee. Yeah. You're not signing them on for three years. Yeah, exactly. First of all, it would cost you millions of dollars to do. I mean, to get Jim Lee to pencil that much. And then you got to keep Jim Lee on schedule for three years. <laughs> it's not it's happening. also not happening, yeah. which is just not happening. And this is before he was publisher too, right? Yeah. Like he was bad back then. Like God only knows what he'd be like now. So. Yeah. Well, and Hush, like, obviously he did an excellent, I loved his manipulations of Bruce, like down to like subliminally making Bruce think of Tommy, uh, Tommy by, yeah, like inserting the, the subliminals into his uh, back computer and shit like that. And yeah, so that when his skull was fractured, he would think of him and everything. And and I think ultimately, well, I mean, this goes into the whole Catwoman angle, which is one of the best parts of the story, too, because this is obviously a fucking momentous story, because this is when Bruce reveals his identity yeah. to Selena. And after that, by the end of the story, Hush gets a pretty big fucking victory because he places enough doubt in Batman's mind that he second guesses whether or not he trusts Selena what 10 issues or seven or eight issues or something like that after he reveals his identity yeah. to her, which causes him to lose her for quite a while again after that. Yeah. Cause they don't really get back together, back together till the Tom King run that we've been talking about. Yeah. They, the last yeah, they have like right. a, you know, whole will they won't they thing, but not like properly yes, yeah. back together. Yeah. They've, they've had a will they won't they think since the introduction of the character. Yeah. Though. So like, that's not, and, and that, that knowledge that, that Selena knows his identity as that's still Canon to this day, you know, 16 yep. fucking years later. And not to mention, this one may is, I think, has been retconned out by this point, but uh, Riddler knowing his identity by the end of it. Like, I started it. Yeah, that's retconned. Yeah, like, this is, is this spider bad? Is that what we're fucking getting now? Where (laughs) everybody just knows Bruce's fucking identity? And (laughs) yeah. Well, I was thinking that too, because I remember, like, I think it was just more me uh, being a bitch about it, but I was, I was like, man, everybody knows his identity. Wasn't Tim just bitching about everybody knowing Spider-Man's identity and something? Oh yeah. In far from home, you were bitching about oh, yeah. that. <laughs> and here we are in a Batman comic, no, yeah. like in the real comic, no less where Batman's like, Hey man, fucking mask off yeah. to everybody who fucking sees him. Like, all right, all right. Bitch all you want about Spidey. At least he's a teenager. This is Batman in his forties. <laughs> like should know better. <laughs> Keep your mask on. Anyway. Um, and we already talked about like how this is sort of the start of that saga of the return of the real Jason Todd because his body is missing by the end of the story. And so yeah. that starts that whole thing, which is another just massive momentous part of the Batman saga over the past like 15 years, too. Yeah. So I don't know. You know, I can, can't get away from Hush without talking about Superman's role in it because that's my fucking boy. Yeah. The one thing that really jumped out at me was and this is something that happened after hush was that Superman being mind controlled by poison Ivy reminded me a lot of, you remember this? uh, I don't know if you read this or not. The Superman sacrifice story that came a few years later during I think infinite crisis um, where Maxwell Lord was mind controlling him and making him think he was fighting like doomsday. There was like four issues in a row where he was fighting basically had the same fight with different villains but in the end, it was actually all Maxwell Lord controlling him. And that ended up with Wonder Woman. That was Diana Killian. Yeah, with Wonder Woman yeah. uh, snapping Maxwell Lord's neck, which is another fucking massive, really good story and very epic uh, event in DC continuity. So that was really reminiscent. But the Soup's Batman fight, in the fucking comic anyways, was uh, well-written, really beautifully drawn. I always liked seeing Soup's and Bat go toe-to-toe, even though you've always got to have like some like 
Supes has to have some fucking handicap in this case. The fact that he's oh obviously yeah that he's yeah. Uh, mind controlled and has a little bit of kryptonite in his blood from poison ivy's lipstick or whatever. Bruce plays off of Clark's weaknesses really well, and I love that they bring in the fact, which is canon at the time, that Bruce had Luther's old kryptonite ring that like Clark had given to Bruce specifically for this type of situation. He's like, yeah, I trust you. If I'm ever you know not in control of my own faculties. Yeah, control, you should yeah. have this. Take me down. Yeah. And and yeah. he did. But you know what? What where is that from? What issue is that from? Cuz I remember it like I remember flashbacks to it. I don't remember when it actually happened is what I'm trying to ask. I want to say there was like a storyline called Dark Knight over Metropolis that was like late 80s or something like that. There was a crossover. It was like one issue was Batman, one issue was one of the Superman titles and it went back to Batman or something <laughs> like that. Um yeah. which was just designed to get you to buy the other title. Are you sure it was Batman and not Detective Comics? Like, yeah, been Detective yeah exactly. We're doing, you know, like you don't, we don't know. Yeah. We really, literally don't know. <laughs> but it was one of those crossover stories where, at the end of it, like Clark came to the conclusion: "Yes, I trust you. Here's this. You know, I've been holding on to it, and in case I'm ever, you ever need to use this, here have it." Does he still have that? Like in Fifty Two? Like, have they gotten back to that? I or? don't remember if that's still continuity, still in continuity or not, because they had because. It probably is. Superman's rebooted hard, like a cup, like in between. Yeah. Like 52 was a pretty hard reboot of Superman, whereas Bruce didn't change. Like they did not. I remember the new 52 controversy being like, yeah, we're rebooting everybody except for Green Lantern and Batman because they're super successful. Yeah, exactly. And like they kind of left those two characters alone <laughs> and rebooted everybody else, yeah. which all of a sudden you're like, hey, this is a new Batman, but he's already had six fucking Robins. Yeah. And one of them's fucking dead, too. And it's like, whoa, wait, what? But he was supposed to be new. Yeah, but it is the pre-crisis Superman that we have now. It's not, or, or the post-crisis yeah, so Superman. Yeah, we're back around. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's, you know, the older Clark that has a son and everything. And so, yeah, I don't remember off the top of my head. Maybe it's the same thing. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, this is, it's like very, this is a very minute point of continuity that we're trying to, like, <laughs> suss out. Yeah. The appearance of, of Crypto for, like, two panels was really nice. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, what else? The, we talked about the art. Lee draws men really well, with the exception of... I'm not crazy about his Joker design. It's, like, real angular and has a real long nose. His Joker design, I always, I've always hated his Joker, and I don't like his killer... Like, the mutated killer croc they used at the yeah. beginning, I'm like, I do not like the way he has his killer croc. It's too just crocky. too, like, almost impressionistic. Like, you can't even really tell where his eyes are and stuff. Like, it's so gnarled. I'm like, ah... Mm-hmm. Like, I like the idea of what he's trying to get across, but, like, it, it just doesn't work in execution. Especially when you're trying to have him do fight scenes and stuff. It's just too much yeah, detail. But two th- whatever. Um, so, Croc was definitely a problem yeah, for me. 2003, Jim Lee really needs to learn to draw women a little less objectively and a little less fucking slutty. Because, like, his Lois, wow. with, like, her big old titties, like, almost falling out as she plummets <laughs> from the Daily Planet building. I was like, wow, that's... That's a lot, Jim Lee. <laughs> like, I like Jim Lee. He's become kind of like the platonic ideal of comic book art, like, since he became famous. Like, there's something about him where he's, like, the perfect neutral zero for comic book art these days. Yeah. Like, that's kind of where everybody seems to, like, aspire to, is the Jim Lee style. But, yeah, he draws his figures, while they are, like, idealized and perfect and all that stuff, they're all identical. He, like, his faces are all the same. Like, he's a lot of shorthand. Fantastic artist. But his women, yeah, he's definitely like an image yeah. guy. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, he's an yep. image guy. Yeah. J. Scott Campbell learned everything he learned from Jim mm. Lee. 
they work together on Gen 13, right? Like that's where all that shit comes from. So like Jim Lee, yeah, he's a, he does cheesecake as well as the next yeah. guy. It's just, you know, his art for being like, oh yeah, he draws Superman and Batman yeah. basically constantly because he kind of owns DC now. So yeah, but yeah, his women. Yeah. <laughs> he's better now. I, think. I hope so. Well, yeah, he has. I mean, I've, he hasn't done much lately, but there is a couple where he's like, no, pen, they've like announced like penciled by Jim Lee and then he does like two or three issues and then he's gone kind of thing. Uh, and those have been, yeah. I would say, better overall. But what else? It's definitely an interesting time for DC going back to deep continuity shit. Because this is a weird fucking yeah. time when they were willing to make some crazy choices with their characters. Because fucking Lex Luthor is president at this point, which is... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's real weird because it's like, Lex is president. We're deep, like, late era, con- like, late 90s, early 2000s continuity. So we're like, we're right up on, like, a big reboot mm-hmm. coming, like imminently like they're about to hit the fucking button hard like two or three years yeah. down the road so we're like right at the end basically yeah like I, we've said it like three times we're like four robins yeah. in, basically <laughs> at this point like we're almost at damien we're, we've got we've got a um, superman and lois are well yeah. married like they like he, she's probably got the kid in the oven at this point <laughs> given the way comic book yeah. time works like we've got harvey dent like who's been made whole by plastic surgery and yeah again like as in kind of a homage to the dark knight returns that doesn't really go anywhere in this series it's kind of like a, a feeder for something that happens afterwards yeah. but even then he just becomes two-faced again when 52 happens so again yeah. who cares? <laughs> like it's just all this stuff that's like we reboot out that was like, oh that's a cool idea at harvey dent's hole again oh we're gonna reboot it out and make him two-faced again yeah. anyway Oh, Barbara's Oracle and like Running Birds of Prey. Yeah, it's gonna get rebooted. She's well, at least she got like a hundred and thirty episode or issue run or something like that of that. True. So, uh, and then at this point, you've still got Harley that's uh, in league with the Joker. Like before, she you know dumps him and yeah. realizes that he's toxic as fuck and etc. On the flip side of that, it's definitely a story that in some cases relies on continuity for some of its emotional power. Like I had no fucking idea who Harold was. Cause I haven't read a whole lot in nineties Batman. Oh, so when they bring yeah. in Harold and he's killed, I'm like, okay, I don't know who that is. It had like no impact on me. <laughs> I was reading during that era. Cause I, he's uh, like a player during yeah. nightfall and stuff like that. Like he's integral to the night call, nightfall plot. And when they killed him, I was like, Oh yeah, he's been gone for like 10 years and nobody cares. Like he think he disappeared during cataclysm and nobody, I didn't think about him again after that. <laughs> nobody went to find him. And like, just nobody gave a shit. And then they killed him in this. And I was like, <laughs> Oh yeah, he used to design the Bat Gear for a little while, but now they've kind of they started they had started to get into the Batman Begins Lucius Fox stuff. Like they were that was coming, that was a couple years out. So they were just yeah. like, we don't need him anybody building his crap. Like it makes no sense to have an extra person building his crap. So like kill him. Because he knew who yeah. Bruce was too. It was just another fucking loose end. Yeah. <laughs> so And now he can talk yeah. for like a for a day. For like a day, yeah. Yeah, because he was mute when he was in the Batcave too. Because I mean, he worked for yeah. oh god. Asriel, like the John Paul Valley Batman. Oh yeah, yeah. He well, was, he started out. It showed in the flashback that he started out working for like Penguin or something. Yes, right? yeah. It was in. Uh, it was in one of those like late eighties, early nineties, kind of pre Nightfall yeah. books. I know I read it at some point, but man, all that continuity is kind of lost to the mist of fucking age at this point. Yeah. So I'm trying to think. The only thing I like to point out, like, and the only reason I pointed out is because it's missing from the animated movie. Is that the Al Ghouls are present in the comic, mm-hmm. and I always love a good like encounter with the demon's head and like dealing with Talia and demon stuff. daughter the demon yeah I, i'm a big fan of those two characters because they harken back to that old that denny o'neill neil adams era that i'm like that's my batman like i love that shit more than, like that's kind of what yeah. i grew up reading that's what my dark batman is is the denny o'neill neil adams batman so mm-hmm. harkening back to those al ghoul characters are always 
people that I'm quite fond of and seeing. So when they took them out yeah. of the animated movie, I was like, well, I, it makes sense because that's like a whole side plot that they don't really have to do to tell this story. But like, I'm always in for a little bit of Rache, you know, like I like Rache yeah. a lot. So that bums me out. So, so overall, like, yeah, I really liked, I liked Hush. I don't know that, I mean, it, it's got so much hype now yeah. and those issues are, you know, all considered keys kind of thing, some more than others, but I don't know that it is deserving of its sort of place as, you know, a modern classic story kind yeah. of thing. It's definitely a, it's a solid story, but I don't know that I, you know, it's, I think Nightfall is probably a better story like Batman year one or shit like that. I think are probably more like solid, you know, I, if somebody came to me and was like, you know, a lot of people, this is one of the stories that they would recommend you if they're like, you know, mm. tell me some Batman stories to read. And I don't know that this would be like, even in my top five of Batman stories that I would tell them to read. I'm a hardcore Batman guy and I would never tell anybody to read hush early on. There's no fucking reason. To. Yeah. Like it's, it's so laden with like deep late continuity. Content. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's not even worth getting into it first. I'd be more like read your one. Read like death of the family or yeah, death of the family. I, I always lean into like long Halloween, something like that. Like if you want that yeah. hope. Yeah, man. Like long Halloween's actually really well written. And it's like actually a pretty good story. Dark victory. It's a little dodgy, but like mm-hmm. long Halloween for sure stands up and that's him sale art. Like that's the, that's the money right there. Yeah. That guy's fucking fantastic. I love that guy's art. Yeah, I haven't read Long Halloween yet, but I love like the similar stuff that he did on Superman, like yeah. Superman for all seasons and that sort of thing. It yeah. always stands out to me. So. Yeah. so yeah, like this is not a book I recommend. Like, I'm not a big fan of this story as a Batman guy. I, was, I always feel like it's just kind of a villain gauntlet. Like It's kind of Batman Greatest Hits, and it's fine for what it is. And I will take fuck off beautiful Jim Lee art all day, every day. Yeah. I just wish the story <laughs> had a little bit more substance to it i feel like if they'd actually gotten to do what they wanted to do and then like done the jason todd reveal and it had been actually jason todd i would remember this story more fondly but it feels pretty piecemeal mm-hmm. because they had to pull that out and then like reintroduce tommy elliott as actually being hush and it still involves a lot of the riddler talking more than hush doing anything really so it's kind of like very anticlimactic it feels like to me like it just feels rushed and anticlimactic wait, by the end wait you want you want more riddler is that what you're no, saying i'm saying because i want about to get less that. fucking riddler i want <laughs> My point is that I want Jason Todd and they like, they bitched out and didn't give it to us on this one. But like it might, what bothers me about it is that I know in continuity, like basically two, like two issues later, they're like, Oh yeah, wait, he was there the whole time. Jason Todd's back red hood time. Like they just pulled that fucking shoot right away anyway. So this feels (laughs) neutered as a result of that to me. So it's one of those stories where I'm like, I can see that. Yeah. I like hush, but like I got 28 other Batman stories. I think you should read before you get to hush and all of them are better than this. So yeah cool i mean jim lee art beautiful but yeah neil adams art nicer yeah i think a big part of it is just how many sort of momentous events happen and as we sort of talked about you know the Catwoman reveal batman superman reveal and then yeah the batman superman fight the fact that hush then became like one of batman's like probably top three villains or something like that after this absolutely yeah and then the fact that this does sort of kick off that all that Jason Todd coming back thing is probably one of the reasons why people hold it in such high esteem and maybe make them look at it through rose colored glasses yeah. a little bit. I don't know. I, 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 don't, I just remember reading it when it came out and being like, Oh, that's cool. But it's not like, this is not the be all end all Batman story. I have read better Batman stories. So yeah. And there's Scott Snyder stuff that was coming a couple years later that it's like blows all of this shit out of the water. And then all the Morrison <laughs> stuff as weird as it is. Morrison kind of had like a nice, back into those denny o'neill issues for me like the way he wrote batman really harking yeah. back well he's that. always classic yeah. stuff so 
and it pulls in a lot of that older continuity yeah. as well. Whereas the Scott Snyder, the Snyder and Capullo stuff yeah. is like, hey, you can pick this up knowing next yeah. to nothing about Batman and it's super accessible. Yeah. You don't have to know all that all that old shit. Needless to say, if so. you have Batman recommendations, we can give, the, or you want Batman recommendations, Tim and I can probably give them yeah. to you. You do not need to sit <laughs> through Hush. You can, yeah. We can get you better shit is what we're trying to tell you. <laughs> we can recommend better shit Indeed. to you. Uh, especially when it comes to Batman. So anyway. All right. So now we've kind of talked about the comic. Now I know Tim wants to rip this animated movie apart. And to be honest with you, I kind of do too. So why don't you just start us off there, Tim? What do you think about the animated version of this? So like this just came out this week. Stars. It's kind of in the DC animated continuity that is going on right now, which immediately gave me a headache because I don't remember yeah, exactly that's... what's going on. And now they're trying to jam this story that is like deep continuity, late continuity into a middle continuity kind of time, early continuity even kind of time. And I don't know how well it tracks because of that. So I'm real. I don't know if I, how I feel about any of this, but either way. Yeah. That's instantly my biggest issue with it. Like death of Superman movie that we talked about a few months ago. Like it suffers from trying to be shoehorned into that fucking shared continuity. And it sucks because animated is the perfect place for them to do more faithful adaptation. Yeah. You know, they, where they've got more freedom, they're not as bound by like, Hey, the studio's trying to get us to like do this and that and kind of thing. And the voice acting is great. The overall sort of atmosphere that they said is good. There's good chemistry between Bruce and Selena. They keep a lot of loaves really. Did you think that? Like, I didn't, I didn't think they had yeah. great. Because I I, I, when I noticed it more was when I you get to Jerry O'Connell and Rebecca Romaine doing Superman and Lois. And, and Lois, you can feel yeah. they have real chemistry. The other two all of a sudden feel super stilted to me. And I was like, oh, that. It's almost like we shouldn't have done the Superman angle. Because those two are good together. And it shows that these <laughs> two don't. Like, they seem to be okay, but they're not at that point kind of thing. And it comes across in the voice performance to me. So anyway, yeah. Yeah. and they keep a lot of lobes, like really solid lines from the comic, but then like, yeah, it fucking the first half. I was like, okay, you know, they're making some changes here. I understand why they're doing what they're doing. And then the second fucking half, just the wheels fall right yeah. the fuck off. <laughs> so like it follows the same plot as the, like the story. So like it starts off well, actually it starts off differently. Like it's cold open, Versus like, because the comic starts off like right in the action, you're going to deal with the kidnapping of, what was that kid's name? A kid. A kid, uh, something. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Some kid has been kidnapped by Killer Croc in the comic, and this has been kidnapped by Bane, which I feel is just them setting up Nightfall for the next Batman movie. Yeah. Or it's, I, I think uh, Croc is on the Suicide Squad in this animated universe. Oh, so maybe. Hey, we haven't. Yeah. So because they've done a couple Suicide Squad movies in this uh, continuity. That's true, so yeah. That it could be either, I guess, or or both. Who knows? I, know, I was I was kind of hoping they do. If they're going to do the keep doing these, I would like to see Nightfall get done. Yeah. In continuity, in this continuity and in, and or out of continuity. And that, that's again, it's one of those things where like, do you want to take because like adapting this straight is hard because it's like you have to do a ton of backstory <laughs> to get to this yeah. point. Where it's like, yes, we are on our third Robin. Yes, Catwoman and Batman have been doing this dance together for 15 years. Like in Hush the Comic, yeah. we've been reading it. But if you throw that into an animated series that has no continuity to it, you're like, wow, this is making me take a lot of guesses as to how everybody's relationships are actually supposed to work. So either you spell it out yeah. and are super boring for the first half an hour of the movie while you catch everybody up, which you can't do in an animated movie because you're not going to spend an extra half an hour 
getting to a two and a half or whatever. It in like, I don't know. It's it's you do it annoyed. in like a fucking credit sequence or something like that, right? Like yeah. we've done with like Spider Man and in like the first Spider Man movie, the first Tom Holland Spider Man right. movie, where it's just like okay, credit sequence. Everybody's caught up. We know who who's who. You know what what situation where these characters are at. And it's even animated. You could even have you could even pull the Spider Verse way of doing it and just be like, hey, here's yeah. how we do it. Like have Nightwing do like the commentary since you're gonna have Nightwing say snarky shit the whole time anyway. Be like, all right, I'm going to catch everybody up before we start this bullshit. Blah, 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 blah. We're 15 years in. Batman's been doing this for a while. I've been the first Robin. This is Robin 2, yeah. Robin 3, blah, blah, blah. Here's where we go. I guess you could do that. Or it just feels like a, a lot of work. Do title screen, title cards or whatever, yeah. right? Where it's just like, it's, you know, Batman has been at this for 10 years and so and so. And yeah. yeah. I mean, they also switched out Batgirl for Huntress because Batgirl is an oracle in this continuity. So like, let's put in Batgirl. I've, you know, people know who Batgirl is. They don't fucking know who Huntress is, but Oracle plays a key role in the source material. Yes. And now we lose all of that part. Yeah. You know, she's sort of like the conscience in Bruce's ear for the whole story. And so we lose all that. We lose the impact that Lee's art has to amp up the writing as well. Yep. Cause the art in these is fine, but it's not fucking like, it's nothing like, you know, a Jim Lee, even Jim Lee concepts translated into an animated yes. series. Yeah. And it's sad too. Cause like now we kind of know what, like, I mean, it's a high level of animation to get there, but like, we know what an animated movie can look like after spider verse and like some of the stuff that's been coming out at the motion picture level. So these DC mm. like direct to DVD things, I'm like, these are starting to feel kind of lacking to me animation wise. When I know, like I know spider verse was like a very special case, but that brings your game up to a certain, like it brings, should bring everybody's game up to a certain level. And I don't feel like the DC in-house animated guys are being given the time and money to really push themselves that hard. Cause there are sequences yeah. in here that are nice. Like all the fight sequences look good and are well animated and are yeah. nicely choreographed, but everything in between all that, mm, that's it loses so much yeah. impact. You don't have Batman's fucking internal monologue. That's one of the key components of the comic as well. And I never understand why they, they shy away from, internal Batman monologue because it's such a noir device that they yeah. should be leaning into for a noir character like Batman. So like going away mm-hmm. from that kind of narration, I'm like, why? Why? Like I get not wanting to do that for Superman because it's a little campy or like being like being that close to that much good might be a little bit too much for most people. But like you want to be inside Batman's head while he's deducing and figuring all this shit out. Yeah. So like Exactly. Why well, get rid of it? I know. I, I have the same things. And not only that, but like his inner torment and everything, right? Yeah. Like trying to reason out like, hey, can I trust Selena? Whatever, you know, who, you know, uh, yeah. And like trying to deduce like, who is this person that's fucking with me and that kind of thing. Yeah. And, and you lose all the great backstory of Bruce and Tommy's upbringing. Like that's so much of the emotional power of the Hush comic book. And there's none of those flashbacks. Yeah. So when you do movie. get to like Tommy's death in the movie, which is just his death, cause he's nothing else except for like the character dies. And that's the end. He's not even Hush. You don't care. Like I didn't, when they do it, I'm like, Oh man, I don't like that Joker design. Oh shit. I forgot they killed the character. Like I do not care about any of this at all. And then Batman snaps and I'm like, mm-hmm. why, why are you like yeah. in the comic? I understand him losing his mind at that point. Cause you made him his best friend. And this was like his, his only friend. Yeah. yeah. Whereas in this, I'm just like, it's like a drinking buddy, I guess, that he hasn't talked to in 10 years. <laughs> and now he's going to like, I mean, granted, I could understand why he wants to punch the face off the Joker. Because if I was Batman at that point in my career, I probably would want to punch the face off the Joker too. <laughs> but yeah, that's a pretty, it was a pretty intense reaction. And also like kind of felt like a forced way to bring the Jim Gordon line of that story into the Batman line of that story. Because yeah. they were very divergent at that point, And that's kind of where they come back together. But 
there's basically no Jim Gordon in the animated series. He's a huge part of the comic. Yeah. I get rid of Jim Gordon. Jim Gordon is awesome. <laughs> I don't understand yeah. who fucking decide makes the decisions on these animated movies sometimes. Cause it's like Ugh. what they like about Batman is not what I like about Batman. And I don't know yeah. where the difference is. Cause it's just like, we should all just like Batman. Right. But they like action movie Batman. And I'm like, I want detective Batman. And I don't know. It doesn't work properly for me when I get these goddamn yeah. movies. So anyway, but you just alluded to the biggest fucking problem of the movie, which is that Tommy Elliot is not fucking hush. Yeah. <laughs> Tommy so. Elliot has been hush for 15 fucking years. And then they just decide oh, we're going to make fucking Riddler hush. We're going to make Riddler hush. And it's like this weird fucking Riddler. That's got a massive scar on his head. Cause he had a brain tumor. Yeah. And before God he had the worst it. mutton chops I've ever seen in my, like in animated history, the worst mutton chops. He well, that's like the, that's like the year one design. I know it's terrible. I hate that design. Like, yeah, it's a good. fucking terrible design. <laughs> my big problem with the animated adaptation boils down to this and it's that problem, right? Where you've now taken the Tommy Elliott character away as hush, which in continuity, he is fucking hush. Like that's who the character, if you go play the Arkham games, when you run into hush, it says Tommy Elliott, like it's Tommy Elliott is hush. Yeah. So like, that's a, that's, yeah, no question. That's a fucking fact in like DC continuity. Right. Yeah. So now that's not a thing in these animated movies. So instead of writing the wrong of the original story, which was, they didn't let them pull the trigger on the Jason Todd reveal. Well, they don't even mention Jason Todd in this. Right? <laughs> yeah, it just kinda... yeah, you lose that, like, because that's one of the most powerful scenes yeah. in the comic is Clayface impersonating Jason Todd, making him think that Hush is Jason back from the dead. But then we just get the fucking Riddler. Yeah. So I'm like, also, it begs into question. I guess that Red Hood adaptation that came out like ten years ago doesn't count anymore, which is unfortunate because it's still the best goddamn animated Batman movie that isn't <laughs> Mask of the Phantasm. So that sucks. So if you honestly, that would be the one I recommend you go watch. If you haven't seen it, just go watch the Red Hood because it's so much better. <laughs> or the the new the new Frontier one they did was pretty solid too. Yeah, but that was like a straight adaptation. Like they did nothing to the yeah. story except for like make it feature length. Like that was the only why it was good. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> I don't think, and that's the problem. The last couple of times they've done these adaptations, it's been Death of Superman, it's been Gotham by Gaslight, it's been Killing Joke, where it's just like it doesn't. Yeah. They try to kind of fit into continuity, or they they add stuff to it, or they don't quite get to the point of the actual story or yeah, I don't know. And it's just like, why, why bother? Just do yeah your new 52 stuff and leave the old shit alone and stop touching it until somebody who actually wants to adapt it properly is going to do it. Stop jamming yeah. it into your dumb continuity. I didn't want to bitch about this movie. Like I didn't come in here to do this. I came in here being like, <laughs> it's fine. It's another fucking DC animated thing. I'm losing faith in them. It's over. But I'm like, you know what? I'm actually upset because these could be better than they are. Yeah, because we got three years of that animated series that was great, and yeah, even with the budget that they have on these, like in the limitations that they have in terms of the art, the animation and the art and stuff, they still could make you know good, compelling stories. They've got fucking solid voice actors. They've seemingly have decent writers. They're just telling these writers, okay, you have to make this work with the eight movies or whatever that we've already fucking made. Yeah, and they're like. Oh God, really? Yeah. I mean, I would take any job right now, but like, I would not want that job. Like, Hey, take hush and adapt it to this continuity. I'd be like, all right. (laughs) Like, yeah. Do I have to put my name on it? Yeah. I'm like, can I just Alan Smithy this? I'll do it. Absolutely. I'll do it. But like, I don't want my name on it because I'm never getting hired. Ghost write the shit. Yeah. I'm never getting hired again after this. It's not happening. Like there's just no good, clean way to do this either way. Yeah. Then you end up with shit with like fucking kryptonite knuckles. Yeah. That was weird. 
Like, even just as a design choice, that was a strange one to me. Ugh. When you started in on it, I was like, oh, here goes Tim. And then I started thinking about it, and I was like, you know what? Where did he even get the kryptonite? How does he even know about kryptonite? Like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> like, none of this makes fucking sense anymore. Anyway. No. Uh, anyway. And, like, okay, I can buy that he, you know, carries around a small, a tiny little kryptonite ring in his belt. Those things were fucking beefy. Well, like, he's only got so many pockets. He in does make belt. a point of, like, special, like, telling Alfred to special pack those. So it is like, a, he, that's they, true. They yeah. have dialogue. The, that the jewelry yeah, or whatever. That, that's special. Yeah. So that I didn't have a problem with. Just the fact that it wasn't just the ring. I mean, like, in my head, I was like, yeah, it makes more sense. Because you really don't want to be punching Superman in the face, even with the ring on. Full contact. Yeah, it's just like punching a concrete fucking wall. You're going to break your hand. And because he says in that the in the comic, comic say, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, he's holding yeah, he back. Like, like, I could just break my hand if I full on hit him. Even with the gloves. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm fucked. Like, I'm still hitting steel. So, yeah. Like, that tracks to me where he would want to put, like, knuckles, like a knuckle duster kind of thing on. But I was still, like, with kryptonite claws? Like, what is going on yeah. here? <laughs> like, all right. So you want to stab him too? Like you want to shred him up? Not just like hit him. You want to like really do damage here. Because those look yeah. nasty. Like nasty. You want puncture wounds. Yeah. That's what you're fucking saying right Yeah, here. like in the face. Because he's fucking full all yeah. the balls off on his face. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, that was a little weird. Because this is the point where like you would go to Talia and Rache and they don't because it's gone. Yeah. It sucks. It's, yeah. And there's all those, there's tons of those little like little bits that were just worked really well in the comics like the italian race stuff yeah. is is you know it's fun. a good it's issue a fun yeah. little aside in the yeah. comics yeah like there's little like clues and shit that they just leave out for whatever reason like some of the best manipulations yeah like hush shooting through batman's line with a batarang or batman using morse code to spell out a hint that it being robin you know what i mean like that yeah <laughs> again indicating yeah, exactly. they wanted or, to be jason um but yes yeah, the morse yeah. code thing yeah like deep deep cuts morse like how batman was really cool yeah. Yeah, exactly. And those are like, you know, excellent little notes, little writing notes that, you know, would have taken five seconds of animation or something like that to put in. And they're like, no, just leave those out. And they totally lift like the excuse for him getting in the accident is totally a lift from year one. Like that's how they excuse his first fight in year one is that they have Dick. I like that Babs is like, it's messed up that you guys have a plan for this shit. I was like, that's that's a pretty good line. I'll give them (laughs) that that one. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. And yes, She's early enough that she would be like, yeah, this is pretty fucked up. Because in the comic, like, she's Oracle. So she's the one putting the fucking plan into action. So it's kind of interesting to see the character being in two different spots in the same story. Kind of interesting. Where she's like a new Batgirl, but like in the comic, it's the same story. And we're seeing her as like way well into her career Oracle. Like super late birds of prey Oracle. Yeah. So... I don't know. It's just it was just fucking disappointing. Yeah, and then okay, so like we can we can kind of blaze through a bunch of this because the, the the animated adaptation seems to lean more heavily. It seems to predicate itself more on the idea that this is a Batman Catwoman romance story than it is really like a big Batman fuck off action story like the comic yeah. kind of is. So I guess they're trying to lean into that Tom King side of stuff and get like Batman and Selina together in the movie series, like in this animated movie series. Because yeah, why maybe not? maybe, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it, except for I was annoyed. And then the Riddler, like, I liked the fight at the end because it was super well, like, it was the best animated part of the entire movie. But then the fact that it was just the Riddler. But you're so mad. Yeah. yeah. But you're so mad that you're the, the wrong fucking character. Like, I fucking hate the Riddler, you know? <laughs> and, like, when the, it's the best because, like, they start ragging on him. Like, Dick totally speaks for me in this story, right? Because he's like, that fucking C-lister? Like, he's doing, like, yeah. he's doing something again? I was like, yeah, Dick, you're right. He is a C-lister. Fuck the Riddler. And then they make him the bad guy in the movie. I was like, 
Oh, God damn it. Like, and they, <laughs> and they try and make him like grim and gritty reboot version yeah. of the Riddler by having like Lazarus the question mark shaped scar, oh, yeah, the scar on his head and everything. And Jesus, fuck, like you're trying way too hard. Yeah. Here. The scar was a little bit, I was like, that's pretty intense with the scar. Yeah. It's like, let's get a little bullseye. Yeah. So. But right now there's the current Nightwing run is there was a, an arc where uh, part of the Tom King Batman run where KG Beast shot Dick in the head. And uh, he had like brain injury. And because of that, he lost all memory of his time as Nightwing and as Robin. Like, he doesn't remember anything from his life, basically after his parents are killed. Oh, really? And the little scar that he gets is kind of shaped like the Nightwing logo. But I can like that makes sense to me, right? Like they just take a little flap of skin and pull it up so that they can take out a chunk of skull and like, you know, pull out the bullet kind of thing. But the fucking question mark shaped scar here is like a long fucking walk i almost feel like he did it to himself and like that's his excuse is like it's a surgical (laughs) scar but he's like i gotta edge up my fucking look because batman's right this is fifth grader bullshit i'm fucking playtime kitty time stuff here and the joker's killing people like on a weekly basis (laughs) so yeah i gotta step up my game even that but like dumb there was a 90s character. You remember, I don't know if you were reading like Superman in like 95, 96, right? That's probably when I, like once they got Maybe. to electric is when I start like, I started diving off pretty fast. I think it was before electric. There was a character called Savior. Oh. Maybe it was after electric that, that carved the Superman shield yeah. into his forehead and like scarified it into his forehead. And I don't know, that one made a little more sense because he was like a, basically a fucking religious fanatic and yeah. not like the Riddler, just some fucking nerd that likes questions riddles. riddles yeah like that that is then trying to and they they miss like the best part of shit with the riddler too like the riddler figuring out batman's identity yeah and then how batman manipulates him into keeping uh, a secret. not revealing it after yeah. yeah keeping the secret after that like that is the best shit they do with the riddler but they can't do that because and they that... don't even have race in the fucking story and they because they use race yeah. as the threat it's like yeah that's great race is going to be pissed that you found out how do you want to deal with the league of assassins that's a, like that's a mm-hmm wicked threat to anybody in the dc universe because that's the last people you want after you even superman yeah. might be mildly scared by that because they're terrifying yeah. so the riddler yeah that makes sense but then they don't even do that you just does he forget or no they kill him so it doesn't matter so they well, killed the riddler quote unquote kill him yeah, yeah but like so they've killed the riddler now so i'm like well yeah i hate these <laughs> movies. i hate these movies now <laughs> We're not doing this anymore. Yeah, they're they're getting they're getting so much worse. They like you said, this fun. is your fucking suggestion. I know, but I they used to that, be good. I thought you were suggesting this because you liked this shit. They used to be good. Like, I, like I would like to go back and watch like Red Hood because I thought I think yeah. that one held would hold up. Like, it's a pretty like, it's a pretty solid like self contained story of just like Jason coming back. So it's like him and Dick basically dealing with Jason coming back. Like, it's a very contained mm-hmm. Batman story compared to this. Like, this is a, you see half the goddamn DC universe in this story. Like it's a much smaller story in comparison, at least on the in the adaptation. I know the comic obviously yeah. was a big Batman story because Jason Todd came back. So, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, why don't we just wrap this up? We got an hour and forty minutes of recording. <laughs> yeah. Do you have anything else you want to talk about before we uh, get out of here? Like, let's do final <sighs> thoughts. Yeah. Fuck. Like I said, the comic book story is is solid. I don't think it's really deserving of the place that it has. Well, at, le- at least. I can understand it as Jim Lee you know people considering it keys and shit like that and Jim Lee uh, because and Jim Lee Art, yeah but yeah I would not recommend this to somebody that's just getting into Batman for the first time the movie just don't just fucking don't yeah. 
Yeah, just don't. It's not anywhere near. And people that have listened to podcasts for a long time know that I don't have anything against adaptations taking some liberties. But when those liberties undermine the core fucking themes of the story, that's where I have a fucking problem. Yeah. And they they lose so much of the emotional impact of the original story with the major changes that they have to make because they're shoehorning in this in to a shared continuity and it's just not fucking worth it. Yeah. I just think like the like doing like the way they adapt the Hush character itself is so disappointing considering how involved the reveal it is in the comic and how much if they weren't gonna do again, like I'm gonna say this for the third fucking time in this podcast, if they weren't gonna write the wrong and make it be Jason Todd. And then not do the Thomas Elliot thing, like make it the, the right character. Then why are we doing this at all? Like it makes no sense to even make <laughs> this movie anymore. Because now you're no, you're not introducing yeah, anybody. Yeah. You're just killing the Riddler. Because nobody's ever going to want to see that Riddler again. Anyway, final <laughs> thoughts. So, if you really want to see the Hush story, first of all, read a whole bunch of Batman first because you need to know a ton of continuity. And I know that's yeah. a shitty thing. Like it's a, like a gatekeepy kind of thing to say, but it is a late continuity story that makes basically no sense unless you're aware of. At least the lore of yeah. Batman. And it's not like we're trying to gatekeep. We're saying that you will enjoy it a lot more yeah. if you have that continuity behind it. It will have a lot more emotional impact. It is kind of a flat read if you don't know anything about these characters. And you're not kind of at least like Wikipedia up to date on where they are in continuity when you get to Hush. I think you should, basically yeah. you should be. Like, yeah, especially that. Because like, then you can go and read the, the sequel series, which I mean, at least track with the Tommy Elliott being Hush thing. So like everything matches up. Whereas with the movie, I mean... If you're invested in that universe, <laughs> I guess it's fine, but I'm not. I don't know anybody that is. And, like, what, I, and, and I, you know I what? Know. I have a note in my notes to say, which is it anybody, but whatever, I guess, yeah. kind of thing. Like nobody, there's nobody I know that gets really excited about these. There are definitely people I know that got excited for like when they were sort of doing standalone animated yeah. movies and were like, holy shit, they're doing New Frontier. They're doing, yeah, uh, yeah. they're doing something like the, the cool Elseworld shit and shit like that. But I know nobody that gets really pumped for these animated movies basically since they started, I guess since like flashpoint, I think yeah, is when they, has, it's, it's uh, from flashpoint till now they have continuity inside everything. Yeah. Where, where they're, where they're building that continuity and fuck. that's my main takeaway. And I think that's where my fondness for these movies comes from. Is that like for a long time, DC was not something that I touched a lot because like the movies were pretty sporadic and the comics were their own thing. And I was kind of in the Marvel, what actually I wasn't even in any comic space. Really. I was just kind of reading whatever, so I was kind of out of the DC stuff, but the animated movies were at least something that I could at least kind of feel like I'm still getting home every once in a while and like watching an adaptation of something like New Frontier or whatever. But like lately, I just think since Killing Joke, I've been like super let down by these movies and it's starting to like, I'm kind of done basically. So we'll see how Red Sun turns yeah. out. Because my, my, if that's just an Elseworlds and it's a standalone, I might, I'll take a look yeah. at it. But again, yeah. they did that with Killing Joke and look how that turned out. Like that was a nightmare. So. I still haven't watched Killing Joke. Oh, you're going to have to sit through it sometime. We can talk about it briefly, but fuck. Anyway. So, um, I was doing final thoughts. <laughs> I don't know, even know. So I'm really torn, right? Like, cause historically I've enjoyed these as a distraction, like as a cartoon distraction, they're fine usually, but now they're just getting to the point where I'm like, eh, not super interested anymore. I think maybe part of the problem, I thought for a long time, part of the problem was that we, when we started looking at them critically on the podcast is when I started to like pick them apart too much. And that was the problem. <laughs> it turns out it's not. It's just that they're not as good as they used to be, which is <laughs> kind of sad. Uh, so, like, yeah, it's frustrating as a comic purist. Yeah. 
And that being said, we're still watching these. We're not watching any of the fucking Marvel animated shit. They don't do any more. Well, I mean, they do series stuff, but they don't do like. Yeah, they have series. I don't I mean, watch. We'll watch What If when it comes out. Well, I'll watch that. Absolutely. I, I haven't. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't watched Marvel. I haven't watched any animated anything in ages except for these movies now. Like, if they, Marvel started doing movies yeah. again that were animated, I would watch them. Because they were doing them for a little while. Like, they did Ultimates and they did like that Wolverine yeah. and War thing. Or just Hulk Wolverine. I don't know. Anyway, they did something and I watched all of them. Like, I'll watch anything you put in front of me that's got these characters in it. DC, Marvel, Hellboy, whatever. But, like, make yeah. them fucking good again. Like, these are <laughs> getting rough. So, either way, like, this movie, 6 out of 10, like, tops. Tops for a number. Yeah. I wouldn't even think. I'd, maybe 5. Actually, I would maybe even go to, like, 4 or 5. Like, yeah, I bad. think I'd struggle to give more than 5 out of 10. Yeah, it just, it had very little impact on me at all yeah agreed and now granted i would only give hush itself seven out of ten like the actual comic like i don't think it's that good so like it's better than average i'd probably give the comic like an eight out of ten i was i was pretty happy with it overall and and i wasn't reading it with that knowledge that it was supposed to be jason todd originally because i've always just known that yeah that hush character was supposed to be tommy elliott and i thought this was a maybe a bit heavy-handed but overall really excellent introduction for that character I just remember reading that it was supposed to be Jason Todd and being really pumped out. Either way. Yeah. I guess I could bump up the comic to 7.5. Because you know what? Jim Lee art does save a lot for me. Like, as a penciler, yeah. like, looking at that guy's art. And I did something weird that I don't think we talked about. Is that When I reread the comic, I actually read the uncolored version. I read the noir version or whatever. So, just the inks. Which is an interesting little thing to try every once in a while. I was trying to, like, pick through yeah. inked art without any of the colors to kind of guide your eye. Yeah. You got to hope that inker is real good. I read it on DC Universe because while I do own these uh, issues, they are in my parents' basement in Ontario. So that's why I can't wait to fucking move back to Toronto and have a basement that I can put all my fucking comics yeah, in. I was going to say, you're going to be doing all that shit at some point. Eh? Yeah. I'd be sick that week when you're moving stuff because, <laughs> oh boy, am I not helping you. <laughs> uh, I'll end up with like just fucking crazy arms. Yeah, basically. Big old fucking Popeye arms. Yeah. So yeah, I read the Hush issues in the DC Universe app and they, they hold up pretty well. They're good good high quality scans yeah so yeah i did flip through a uh like a digital version of the trade which like looks really nice like i think it was kind of remastered recolored a little bit so Mm -hmm. again like this team is great like this is like jim lee scott lobdell alex sinclair art like these guys are like the tippity top Mm -hmm. of the comic book art world kind of thing like they don't they do basically no wrong it's usually just like the script i'm talking about art wise they started yeah, and then they started letting Lobdell fucking write shit. Yeah, which, I mean, <laughs> either way. <laughs> All right, so that's Batman Hush. I'm sorry, DC. We didn't mean for this to happen, <laughs> but it just keeps happening this way. You did this, DC, not us. Agreed, agreed. We just watched it. All right, so let's get into geek cred. Uh, we'll do it for this week, because I actually have something I want to talk about. My geek right for this week, I was in Chicago this week for work, and I am going to recommend a bar for cocktail nerds called Three Dots and a Dash, which I always go to when I am in Chicago. And they, it's a tiki bar that's in like the basement of another building in like downtown Chicago. And it's so cool. It's got like a really great vibe. The drinks are fucking on point. They always have like good music and stuff. And yeah, if you like cocktails at all or tiki drinks in particular, I definitely recommend three dots and a dash. I got a t-shirt and a mug from there. I brought back. <laughs> nice. I should use a drink after that movie. <laughs> so, okay. So my geek cred for this week, uh, I just, Veronica Mars came out last week. I ran through it. I love the shit out of it. If you were a Veronica Mars fan, I'm sure you've already watched it. 
If you're not, I suggest you give it a shot. This it almost functions like a reboot a little bit. Not really. So if you're a Veronica Mars person, just get into it. That's basically what I'm recommending is give it a shot. If you're not a Veronica Mars fan, if you are, you yeah, you're already in there. And you're not going to enjoy <laughs> it because it was quite good. Um, we will probably talk about it with Paul at some point. Cause, I know my dad's excited about it. Yeah. Well, I think my family, like we all, that was one of those, we have this weird set of shows that we all watched as a family that Veronica Mars was kind mm-hmm. of one of, like Buffy and the Sopranos, and we all watched together. Don't ask me why we watched the Sopranos together as a family. <laughs> it was a little weird but like yeah no Kristen Bell kills it she's great and everybody like kind of comes back the dad who I am quite fond of and I wish I could remember his name right now uh, the actor who plays him is great he's a Canadian guy he's been on shows like up here on CTV and stuff uh, or maybe he's not Canadian he just shows up here on Canadian TV but either way he's back and he's great so everybody's back she got a new dog go watch Veronica Mars <laughs> we're done for this week I'm fried because we just yelled about DC shit for like 3 million years yeah which makes me sad it does that. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. And please feel free to reach out. You can do that via Twitter at DRD underscore podcast or by Facebook at facebook.com slash dance robot dance. Or you can email us at dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com. If you haven't already, please subscribe. You can do so via any podcatching service you use, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or now Spotify. I'm Mark. I am fried, apparently. I need to go smoke something. I've been here with Tim. Say goodnight. Good night, folks. All right, guys. Have a good one. I need to get the fuck out of here before I say something stupid. Work. <laughs> I don't know. I got to slap this. No, podcast. we've never, we never say anything stupid on the podcast. I know. I just edited it <laughs> out. It's better that way. <laughs> have a good week, guys. Don't watch Batman Hush. Go watch something. Oh, don't do it. <laughs> watch something better. There's lots, of, there's lots of good Batman shit. Go watch. Go watch some other Batman shit. Take it easy. Yep. <laughs>